Blog Talk Radio. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the host, Five Smooth Stones. It's Brother Seth. I've been away for a long, long time in terms of doing these types of shows. But tonight, folks, we have a very important show lined up for our youth and for our elders and everyone in between. Again, this is Brother Seth. And uh, for those of y'all that is not new to Five Smooth Stones, how have you been? Long time no hear from. Long time no see. So anyway, folks, tonight I want to thank you all for coming by, stopping by, and seeing what uh, Five Smooth Stones is up to, and we have a lot to come at you tonight. We have guests on tonight. We have uh, uh, brothers and sisters to join us, uh, a brother and a sister, and hopefully more. Uh, we um, got quite a few guests tonight. Um, at least I've invited quite a few people. I should say it just like that, leave it like that. But anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about why are African Americans at the bottom of every aspect of life? Today is the 23rd of November, 2015, and uh, we uh, have a line full of calls. I'm thankful for that. I never take it lightly. We see in the house Texas is heavily favored tonight. That's good. Normally Texas is uh, kind of lagged behind, but I see lots of calls uh, in the uh, in the Texas area. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. The uh, chat room is open, and uh, many of y'all are very familiar with the chat room, so I won't have to go over the rules. I won't go over the rules. I normally be, I've been doing a family blog, and they're new to the whole uh, scene, but uh, we got some pros in the house tonight. So anyway, I want to welcome everyone again to another episode of Blog Chalk Radio. I'm Brother Seth. And tonight we got we got we got to hit this hard and heavy. We got lots of our people uh, in a identity crisis. This show is the result of a need, of a cry, of a state 
of emergency in terms of our people not understanding who they are. And unfortunately, the most powerful institution in the world, the church, has become in some ways one of the weakest institutions in the world by not educating our people in terms of what that Bible is really saying, who the people of that book really is. Who are we really, this group of 40, roughly 40 million people in this United States of America? I know somebody call it the United, United Snakes of America, but it's 40 million of us, and we're in churches, and we're serving, and we love the Father, and we're going, we're giving, we're, we're giving what I call TLC, the, our talent, our labor, and our cash. And we are, we've been uh, uh, on this path for many years, some of us, and yet we do not know. When we look in the mirror who we are looking at. We don't know that we are the people of that book. So I've got a lot of people in the house tonight, and I want to ask everybody to just be patient with each other. That's always a rule on this show, be patient with each other. We're learning. We're growing. We may not say things the way you like. We may not word things the way you like, but uh, we're going to try our best to uh, accommodate uh, everybody as we study the scriptures tonight. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Get your notepads, pens, recorders, because some of the things you're going to hear is going to happen real fast. And you're going to say more than any other show you have ever heard, oh, I should have had a pen. Oh, I should have recorded that. So I'm telling you, folks, you've been warned. This show is going to be heavily packed with information, and especially scriptures. So I want to go ahead and, uh, before I go another further, and bring on uh, our guest uh, uh, tonight. Um, and I'll go ahead and start with 859-227-BROTHER. John Clark, are you in the house all the way from Kentucky? I am here. Thanks for having me, sir. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, uh, just jump right in. And like I tell everybody, get you a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you drink and just just share what the Father has to say to the people tonight. Um, you've been doing this for a while. I know you in Israel now has been really busy educating our people, uplifting a nation, the people that the Father has given y'all. Y'all are not new to this. And so I just want to, again, thank you for taking the uh, invitation and for coming on the show. And uh, I know it's going to be a uh, very good show. Also, folks, we have Sister Yaina, and I'm going to go ahead and open up her line area code, 513-614-SISTER. Yaina, are you on the line? I am here. Shalom, shalom, everyone. Well, shalom to you, my sister. And when we say the word shalom, you're going to hear a lot of Hebrew uh, verbiage tonight. Don't be alarmed by it. You can always say instead of shalom, peace, but it means peace. She's just simply bidding peace to every single one of y'all. And in this country and in this world, we need a whole lot of that. What, well, sister? I'm going to let you go first, being the lady. I want you to introduce yourself. You, we have uh, a lot of people on the phone tonight, phone lines. As you know, when I do these shows, uh, well, you don't know probably because you, you, you're new to Five Smooth Stones. And uh, by the way, sister, everybody, Sister Yaini and I just met 
on tonight. I'm just going to be honest with you, keep it real. Uh, but I had a, there was a brother that knew of her and said, you know, you got to have her on. It's just to have a testimony. She had something to say. So, hey, you know me, if people love the Father and, they want, and, they, and they're living this life, and I trust this brother, this brother would not have referred her to me had not she been a serious follower of the Most High. So, Sister Yaina, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, and then we'll ask Brother John. And any of our other guests come on later, we'll just bring them on a little later on. All right. Well, shalom, shalom again to everyone. Praise the Lord to all of the the Christians that are out there under the sound of of our voices. Um, It's an honor to be here. Um, Brother Yehoshua Yahshua invited me to come on the show tonight. Um, and I think the, the topic was that there we have a lot of um, brothers and sisters who are becoming conscious. And uh, he told me, you know, that it would be an opportunity for us to share our testimonies and to bring some information to the table. Um, if I can say anything to you all tonight, this is one of the most exciting times in human history. Um, there's a lot going on politically, socially, Spiritually, um, I was once a, a Christian pastor. I had my own church. I've done prison ministries. Um, um, have worked in the field of deliverance ministries. Um, spoken tongues with the best of them. Preached with the rest of them. Uh, what else? Raised up in holiness. Pentecostal. Very staunch background. Have all that behind me. Um, and if it's the testimony that I am going that he wants me to give tonight, um, I guess in short I can say that um, doing all of the things that I was raised to do in church, with an expectation that I had, one day you know that I went to find out from the Most High or the Lord what was wrong, and as I began to inquire of Him why my experience didn't meet up with my expectation. Um, he gave me a he gave me a school lesson. He set me down and began to open up the books and he began to show me all of the things from the from the political system to the religious system um to who we were as a people. Um as as my eyes began to become open I was I went through a series of emotions. I was devastated. I was I was in shock. Um, I went through a, a grieving period, but at the end, where we are today, I'm excited. Uh, it's an exciting time to be uh, uh, an African-American slash Hebrew Israelite because there is no such thing as an African-American. Um, you know, I got to know who uh, the father really was, and I got to understand who Yahshua or, or Yehoshua, we call him, some of us call him Yehoshua, some of us calling Yahweh Shai, um, who he really was. So you know, and as we as we began to dig into the scripture, and, you know, Sister Yaina, let me just jump in here real quick because some people heard all those names, but they still don't know you're talking or referring to the person in the scriptures that most people of the world know as Jesus. And she is just going with. Um, I'm sure she'll explain that, but. Uh, 
uh, uh, and I just have to jump in here real quick because we got some more people just popped into the phone lines. Again, folks, this is Blog Talk Radio, Five Smooth Stones. We are hitting this topic while African Americans at the bottom of every aspect of life. This is a sister, Yahina, out of Ohio, and she's just sharing her testimony, how she come into this revelation of who the so-called African American truly is. And I uh, later on, we're going to get into some scriptures to back up her claim and our claim and Brother John claim and any of the other guests that may show up tonight, their claims. We're not just out here just saying stuff. We want to back it up with scriptures, and we're going to back it up with scriptures. But I just want to let everybody know what's going on here. So when she say Yahina, when she say Yaharisha, or she says Yahshua, she's talking about the person referred to as Christ. But his name was turned mm-hmm. to, to Jesus later on. We'll talk about that. He still the rose from the dead. He still marries babies. Still walks in the Red Sea. We still mm-hmm. are redeemed by his. We still redeemed by his blood. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing changed in terms of the story. It's just that some people go by the Hebrew name versus the the the, the, the name Jesus. Go ahead, Sister Yaina. So you know that, and upon learning all of these things, one thing that I realize, and and what's so exciting about this time is that he's, he's getting ready to wake up the church. Um, I was having a conversation with someone today, and we were talking about this very thing. You know, we, 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 don't, we don't push anyone. We don't push this knowledge on anyone because the, the Most High is the one who allowed Israel's eyes to be closed, and, and blindness in part has happened unto Israel. So we know that some of you all just don't know. It's, it's a story within a story that you just don't know about right now, but as he begins to wake up the people and the people begin to become conscious, you know, Israel is here to help you to go through that process. So, you know, the beautiful, like I said, it's the most beautiful time in human history as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, Sister I appreciate those words, and uh, I uh, can't wait to hear what you really got to say. That's just her little intro now. The sister's going to be with us for uh, quite some time tonight. And next we're going to go to Brother John Clark here in a second. But let me just let everybody know because we've got a lot of new people just coming and you didn't hear the very beginning of the show. But let me just kind of just recap what's going on here, all right? Folks, listen, this Bible that you hopefully hold in your hand, we're going to be going through a lot of scriptures tonight. Please, please get your Bibles out. A lot of scriptures tonight, and you're going to hear some things that you're going to say, that ain't in the Bible. I guarantee you're going to say that at least six times tonight. That ain't in the Bible. So have your Bible ready, okay? And and, and uh, Yaina and Brother John Clark and any other guests coming on or uh, maybe listening, if you're going to come on the show and you're going to quote the scriptures, uh, 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 if you're going to, let's try to be as scripturally based as possible. If you don't know where something is found, just say, I don't know where it's found, but quote the scripture still. And let's just try to keep it as scripturally sound as possible because we've got a lot of believers who love to follow on this line, and they ain't trying to hear nothing except something that lines up with the scriptures. So having said that, Sister Yain, I appreciate what you said. That was a beautiful testimony, and I look forward to more that you're about to say. So before I bring on Brother John, I want to set the, 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 the precedent a little bit uh, and just kind of give an intro that I failed to give a little bit earlier. Family is listening. My family is listening tonight along with old members of, uh, old followers of Five Smooth Stones. And there are some strangers that's popped in, probably of all ethnic backgrounds, probably different colors. And they're listening and saying, what are y'all talking about tonight? 
Well, the show title is Why African Americans at the Bottom of Every Single Aspect of Life. Folks, tonight, we're going to share scriptures with you that the Bible says about a people. And it's, I, we're going to show you how the, the scriptures that talk about a people that will be brought to a place and sold as slaves in ships. The Bible talk about a people that is going to have wives, but another nation is going to come and lie with those wives. We're talking about millions of women being exploited by millions of men from another nation. We're going to talk about in the scriptures how it talks about how this nation that the Bible is talking about is going to have young men, but they're not going to enjoy their young men because they're going to be taken into captivity. They're not going to enjoy their young men because they're going to be taken into captivity. So a lot of times, a lot of parents are going to be thinking it's something they did when they don't know they're Hebrew, they're Israelites. The scripture, what I'm letting you people know is this. What we are submitting to you tonight, that the people that the Bible talks about as the Jews or the Hebrews or the Israelites, are not the people in the land of Israel today. And we got hard proof, hard proof. There's even scriptures where Israel just tell you exactly how they look. Did y'all know that? There are scriptures that actually tells you exactly how the Israelites look. Now, do not write this show off tonight as a show that's talking about how Jesus was black. And Brother John and Brother Yain, if y'all can't hear me because every once in a while I have a bad habit of pressing the, uh, a certain button on my phone and then I'll fade out. So let me know if I do that. It's a bad habit. I'm trying to break it. But, folks, listen to me tonight. This, this could be the greatest message you've heard outside of giving your life to the Father and following him, taking up your cross and following him. Outside of this, outside of that message of redemption, this could be the greatest because this is speaking, African Americans, about you as a people we believe with all our heart. Again, the scriptures speaking in Deuteronomy 28, the very first scripture I'm going to give you is Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. Deuteronomy 28, verse 68, the very last verse, talks about a people that's going to be put in ships. And that's not the only scripture that talks about ships. And Brother John, I'm coming to you, but I've got to lay this foundation. The scriptures speak of a people that is going to be put in slave ships, taken back to captivity that it calls Egypt, and sold as slaves. We're going to look at these scriptures later on. We're going to turn scripture by scripture by scripture later on. But right now I'm just setting a foundation. And I want everyone to listen prayerfully. You should always listen to folks that are claiming to, to know something that God is saying prayerfully because that's what we're required to do, number one. But you don't want to be confused, number two. So we're going to make it very, we're going to keep it simple. The phone lines is open. We've got, we got a full phone line. So be patient if you press one and we don't get to you right away because we've got a lot of people on this phone line. But if you have a question, it's not a problem. We can stop no matter where we're at and answer your question as best we can. Now, folks, we're submitting to you tonight that, First and foremost, and I think I can speak for my guests, we ain't preaching no black power. We ain't preaching no down with the white man. We ain't preaching no hate. We ain't on no hate the white man. We ain't on no kick. We ain't no hate the Jew. 
We ain't talking about hate the so-called Jews. We're just saying when we look at this scripture, the Bible, we look at these verses and we look at them carefully, we got to talk about tonight what are we going to do with these scriptures that say that Israel, the, the Jew, the real Jew, the people that that Bible is talking about will be taken and sold as slaves. Said that they'd be dispersed out the four corners. Said that they would not be able to rise as the people. The father said he would not be able. They would not be able to rise as the people. The father said they would not be able to rise as the people. He would not allow them to rise until this nation turned to him. Because why? Why would he do that? Why would the father not allow a nation to rise to its feet? Because this particular nation, as the book of Amos, here's another verse for you, the book of Amos, the book of Amos chapter 3, verse 2 says, Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. The reason the Father said that Israel, if they obey, will be above all nations, because this ain't about just curse, curse, curse. Let's get this straight tonight. This ain't about you. Curse, curse, curse. But the Father said if this nation obey, that he will bless them above all nations. And if they disobey as a nation, they will be at the bottom of all nations. That is the only way you can recognize who is a Jew or who is a Israelite or who is a Hebrew. They're either ruling the world or they're at the bottom of the world. It's just that simple. So, and Brother John, again, I'm coming to you, but i got to lay this foundation because people are saying, what exactly are y'all talking about? We submit to you tonight that the people in this book, it's not only dark skin. We're not talking about no olive color people, folks. Let's get this, let's get this straight right now. We're not talking about white. We're not talking about olive. We're talking about very dark-skinned people. This is no slight to people that's olive or white. We love them. This is I do not allow on my on this network any kind of hatred of of any kind. We hate evil. We hate ignorance. We hate the flesh. We hate worldliness. That's what I am about, and my guess I believe is the same way. So. We're submitting to you tonight, and in a minute, Brother John is going to come on. He's going to give his, how he come into it, who he is, his intro, and then we're going to talk a little bit, and we're going to, we're going to hear from some other people. We're going to even hear from some whites tonight, some people that consider themselves white uh, through audio that is going to be sharing how what we're saying is very true, very scriptural, and very solid. So we're going to bring those audio clips on a little later on. These are, these are people that have been speaking out on the Internet forever about this. I'm going to bring those clips on in a minute. We've got a lot coming at you tonight, folks. We've got a lot coming at you. Uh, I've invited some guests. I don't know if everybody's going to show up, but if they do, we're going to have a blast. If half of them show up, we're going to have a blast. But we already got Sister Yain here, on, uh, here as well as Brother John, and that's enough for now. So let me just go ahead and bring on uh, Brother John. But let me just say one more thing. I know I'm long-winded here, but before anybody start hearing the word curse, 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 and say and think that we're preaching that you are cursed, let me tell you something, folks. If you obey the Most High 
and do like the prophet said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, the Most High. If you do that, you will be blessed beyond measure. Nobody can touch what the Father has for you at that point. But we're talking, tonight is about a nation. Tonight is nation talk. Tonight we're talking about what's to be up on a nation, not just one person. So if you're listening tonight and you already you're living your life and you're over you you're spending your quiet time with the Father and you're obeying and you're keeping his laws, listen. We're not talking per se to just you individually. We're talking about your nation. Remember, Christ was the most powerful being that walked the earth, but his nation was going through captivity and he mourned and cried and went through much pain. Even though he had all that power, his nation was in rebellion. So that's where we're at if we're obedient. You may be enjoying the blessings of the Most High, but we're talking about your nation. Why are we in America 400 years? Why were we slaves? Why are we just seemingly at the bottom of every single aspect of life? That's what we're talking about tonight. Brother John, go ahead with your intro, please. First of all, I would like to thank you, Brother Seth, once again. Every now and again you have me on to these shows, and they've always been a blast. Um, and I appreciate the platform. I don't take it lightly. Um, for everyone that's listening in, especially all of Seth's family, he's already laid the foundation for us to know who you are. And I just wanted to say hi. Thank you for um, having Brother Seth as part of your family. And um, I respect him as well as your family. My name is John Clark. Uh, my Hebrew name, as it were, is Joseph Israel. My friends call me Yo. <laughs> it's a little something that we do as of late. Um, and I'm the average American person, as it were, black person, as it were, Hebrew as it has become. Um, I studied at Oral Roberts University, got my degree in business with an emphasis in marketing, and uh, con- operate as a mortgage loan originator right this very moment. However, as Sister Yahina, which, hi, Sister Yahina, I'm like, I know you, but I don't know you by way of uh, Brother Yahshua. Um, I'm geeked, y'all. I'm geeked. And when I say that, folks, I use a term that's colloquially spoken as I'm really, really excited, as Sister Yahina stated, to be living during this time frame. Over 20, 25 years ago, Brother Seth came to Oral Roberts University and spoke with myself along with uh, Brother Ellie Shua, who is one of my aces, uh, one of my very, very close, close friends, whom I serve in his vision. I'm his understudy at this juncture. Uh, he came and he first spoke to us about the man, black man in America being Israel, and it resonated with me then, all right? Come 20, 25 years later, I catch back up with Elle, and he turns me on to Yahshua. Yahshua gives me all of the nuts and bolts to make me certain that we were Israel. And, again, I'm not going to go through the specific scriptures because I'm sure you all will hear that throughout the evening, and I don't want to steal anyone's thunder. But um, I would call this a 99% thinking man. I don't just take things at face value. I scrub through the scriptures. I scrub through history. When I graduated from ORU, I found myself reading the Bible and a history book. One in one hand and one in the other. Why? Because I just don't take things at face value. I sat under the tutelage of Brother Yahshua for maybe two or three years, um, 
And at this point, I just read uh, voraciously through the Bible because every two or three days, it's without fail that I see something that I did not see before, and I get very excited when that happens. And that's the reason why I share in, in Sister Yahina's excitement. Uh, I sat under Brother Seth, as it were, from time to time as he would uh, have his five smooth stones on Saturday morning. I'd be out knocking on doors selling t- cable phone and Internet because that's what I did, and I'm trying to listen in and understand. Brother Seth would be talking about beta ligo and leprosy and how the white race came into being, which is it blew my head, smooth off my body. And so if you hear me sounding a bit pitched up and a bit amped, that's because I am. Um, I am. And, again, this is from someone who considers himself to be a critical thinker, but I, I get excited when I consider that I'm living in this time frame. My life has already been given over for sin. The fact that African-Americans, quote-unquote, may be Israel, I call that 99%. But my relationship with the Most High, when he came into my dorm room at ORU, that is 100% certainty. And so for all the people that are listening in who you may not get it, you're like, well, I don't know. It's okay if you don't know. If the relationship is already in place and that's the relationship you've walked for 10, 15, 20 years, that relationship supersedes this revelation. Be assured of that. This revelation Amen. is huge for in time, but it is not at the expense, nor nor does this revelation eclipse the relationship with Jehovah or as I called him many a time, Jesus, in the relationship, relationship with the Most High God. And one last thing in closing. A lot of persons, I've, since I've come to this knowledge, I've heard them, they go back and forth and, and, and tear one another down as it pertains to the name. One thing I do know is that when I would have terrorist um, dreams and demonic uh, presences would come and they would oppress me, they absolutely responded to that name, Jesus. And so I call him Shah because I know that that's his name. But for all the persons who've ever called him Jesus, in the same way that your friend would never get mad if you mispronounced their name, I don't think Yahawashah would be upset at the fact that you may have mispronounced his. Um, and so I thank you all for listening. I'm going to sit tight and listen myself and take it in like I've always have. Thank you, Brother Seth. Well, thank you, Brother. And I want to make that very clear what he said. Yahawashah is another variation of Yeshua. Some people is more comfortable with Yeshua. The bottom line is, folks, the letter J is not that old. So when you see the letter J, just know when it, back in the biblical time, there was a Y instead of a J. So that's, that shouldn't rock your world. It shouldn't rock your salvation because like Brother John said, the most important thing is, do you love the Father? Are you trying to obey him? Are you really trying to obey him? Is he number one in your life? That's what it's most important about. Tonight, we want to answer some questions. Why are we put in slavery? When your grandchild jump up on your knee and say, Dad, Mom, why is African American so hated? Why 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 were we slaves? Mom, Dad, Grandpa, why did those slave ships come? Didn't God hear them crying in the in the cotton fields? 
Why didn't he answer them? They're going to ask you, were any black people in the Bible? Mom, Dad, uh, why is everything Africa bad and, and it looked like we're just always behind? Some of you grown folks asking the same question. You just don't have no need to jump on. Some of you are closer to the grave than others, and you don't have answers for this. I told you, folks, I've been to 24 countries in the China Indias of the world, the Europe's of the world, the Australia's of the world, the Papua New Guinea's of the world, the Guam's of the world, the Japan's of the world. I'm telling you, there is no answer for why African Americans are at the bottom of every aspect of life. Go ask your pastor. Go ask your missionary. They don't have an answer. Most of them don't. Most of them. They'll say this. This is the answers you're going to give me tonight. This is the answers they're going to give you. They're going to say things, Sister Yaina, like this. They're going to say, we special. That's why we go through so much. Well, there's some white people that are listening to this show tonight. You think they're happy to hear you say that, like we're more special than them? They're special, too. You can you hear this. Well, we're disobedient people. Oh, really? <laughs> we're in church on Sundays. We, we're more spiritual than any group of people in the world, probably, but for sure in this country. If it's based upon being rebellious or not, oh, my goodness, you've got to be kidding. We run circles around our Caucasian brothers and sisters, all due respect and love for them. Again, I tell you, this is a love show. We ain't hating on nobody tonight. This ain't no down with no Jews, down with no white men, and none of that, for those who are just clicking in. We are looking at the scriptures, and we are saying something is not right. Something is not right. Now, I have a question already, and I have a rule at Five Smooth Stones. Then when we get a question, we stop everything and answer the question. So area code 770-807, if you don't have a question, your hand is up. If you didn't mean to have your hand up, press 1 right now. Otherwise, we're going to come to you in like three seconds. Area code 770-807, go ahead with your question or comment. All right, sir. Uh, Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, Your question is uh, certainly intriguing. Uh, I don't know if I can accept its premise totally. Uh, uh, why are African Americans? Why are many? I think well, could be why are many African Americans at the hold, bottom hold, aspect of life. Hold on, hold on a second. First of all, identify yourself. My bad, I forgot to ask you that. Who are oh, who am I speaking okay. with? Okay, uh, you call me Sarge. I'm from Georgia. Sarge from Georgia. I remember you used to call the show a lot. Sarge from yes, Georgia. Yes, I sure did. I sure did. And I okay. still am. I listen more than I call these days, but this question is so stimulating and so intriguing. I think it begs for an answer or commentary. Okay, so and, go ahead. Uh, We're listening. All right. Well, uh, I, I think the question should be why are many African Americans at the bottom of every aspect of life? Because there are some African Americans who are far above and beyond, uh, and they're certainly in their material aspects of their life, above the great overwhelming majority of the people in the world. I'm certainly not trying to pretend it's anywhere near as proportionate a number as their white brethren are, but it is nonetheless significant. 
No, but but why is that so? And I think that is true if you're going to speak of uh, per capita and proportionately. And uh, my question deals a bit with the spiritual, but more with the secular. I know that your I know your emphasis is on the spiritual, but I think there are some Absolutely. concrete secular reasons as to why this is so. And, well, and I think one, the most. The... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, sir. I'll respond when you finish. Well, well, I don't know how far you're going to go with this. Like, I can't think. I, I, I know where you're going with this. What I like to do, if you, if you don't mind, Sarge, is I want you to hear the presentation because I know exactly what you're going to probably go. If I remember you, if I remember Sarge, you're a very intelligent guy. And you're probably going to start talking about some of the natural things going on in our society, the unemployment rate, the market, da da da, da gross domestic product, da da da. da. What I want you to understand is this, Sarge. What if me and the Holy Spirit and our panel is able to present clearly tonight how all throughout the scriptures we are there? What if I can darn near show you where the scripture is giving your social security number? Almost. Wait a minute. You're going to show me. Yeah. Now the scripture shows me what my social security number is or that there would be a social security system. No, what Wait, I'm saying which? here, man, I'm being, I'm being facetious here. Well, follow me. What I'm saying is these scriptures is describing African-Americans to the T. talks about young men standing on corners in the Bible. I've never heard that. I'm 54 years old. I've never heard a minister get up in the pulpit and talk about how Israel had trouble with their young men. I've never heard no minister get up in the pulpit, hold on a second, and talk about how Israel's women houses were led, well, their houses was led by women. I never heard that their houses was led by women. I always heard of King David, the wars, King Saul, et cetera, et cetera. But I never knew that the average house, when they went into captivities, were head by women. Well, These actually, I'm not at all surprised. I'm really not at all surprised though the Bible would address these matters because, like Shakespeare, the Bible addresses almost every aspect of the human condition. Now, I'll admit I'm not uh, familiar with some of these things that you speak of. I'm not a bit surprised to find that the Bible. Uh, I really can't think of any aspect of the human condition the Bible doesn't address in some way, form, or fashion, even if I'm not aware of it personally. The Bible is a book of great right. wisdom. But in but but not just addressing anybody's and Yain and brother Johnny, y'all can jump in here anytime you want. I just just so you know, I don't have no rules on this show really. We all just talk whenever. But brother Sarge, let me say this to you: It's not it's, it addressed humanity's problems, and humanity can get answers from the scriptures. I understand that. But what I'm what I'm submitting to you tonight, we're going to show you how the Bible is talking about a particular people. That is going to go through a particular set of problems. Everybody had problems, but it's a unique set of problems. Not everybody was put in slave ships. Not everybody had women, but another nation come from the north, the Bible said. It even say where the people are going to come from and would lay with your women. So we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to challenge you to do my favor and just hold on. Let us just get some things out and come back later and ask any questions you have, but I think you can. All right, well, just long, okay, just as long as you come back sure. to me, I am got my pen out, I got my notebook out, <laughs> I will be taking notes. Trust me, sir. All sure. right, all right, now, brother John, I think you have some. Go ahead, brother John. Yeah, I would just like to kind of get before we let Sarge off. I just want to get a, a further clarification. 
the original question, which, and, and I'm going to paraphrase what I think he was getting at, and he can tell me if that's the case, that being that when we're speaking of the plight of, pe- of, of people of color, primarily quote-unquote African-American, you have certain people such as a Jay-Z, such as an Oprah, such as um, um, a lot of the persons who are in the quote-unquote limelight who are African-Americans whose social economic standing is not only above the, their brothers and sisters African-Americans, but maybe the average person who's a Caucasian, and not to mention the fact that the average African-American, uh, so to speak, has a quality of life that supersedes that of most of third-world countries. And I'm, I'm just curious to kind of drill down and find out if that's what he was getting at or if it was something else altogether. No, that, that's substantially it, sir. You, you pretty much summed up my position. Uh, I, I, but I, I just um, – I, I, the only uh, reservation I might have about the premise of the show is it's universalist – and the universalist nature of the question. Uh, again, uh, many, perhaps far too many uh, black people are at the bottom of every aspect of life, but uh, I don't think that's most black people in the United States. And uh, certainly for, for a great deal of them, they, they – Exceed mostly all people in the world of any race, and, uh, well, and even let's, let's a substantial about... plurality of black people might um, uh, uh, qualify in that respect. Let, let, let me let me show you what I'm talking about. Oh, let's, quick, let's, just for a second, watch this, Sarge. Before I put you on hold, because again, you're pre, a little premature. You got to hear what we're saying. We're still trying to get it out. We're like we got we are one one fiftieth of where we got to go tonight. So really quick, let me explain something. Oprah Winfrey is a billionaire. Well, she's an exception okay, she's not a millionaire. by any standards. <laughs> right, right. But what I'm saying anyone. is you can't, you can't, you can't. Well, let's not even use Oprah Winfrey. Let's use. Yeah, that's just too far in the strategy. All I'm saying to you is there this. There just aren't many people saying, of any race like her. What I'm saying is this. That what I'm saying to you is this. When we say African Americans, we don't want to focus on the two or three folks or fifty or hundred, two hundred people that's super rich. That's right. not that's not African American. African American is the first thing the average person think of when you say the name African American. That's what we're talking about. So, but I must give you points. You're right. I should probably say most African Americans, but again, when people use it the way I use it, it normally does mean most. But I want you to hang on the line. I like you, and you're a thinker, and you don't agree with me, and I like you that don't agree with me because it makes it, it makes me better. I mean, not not necessarily you don't agree with me, but you're asking some heavy questions. You're not just oh, I agree. Wonderful. I, I, I love you. I love thinkers. So just give us a minute, and I got some clips to play for you, brother. I would love to hear what you got to say a little later on. Okay? For sure. I've got my pen out. I'll be taking notes. All right. All right. Okay, that's Sarge from Georgia, and just like he asked questions, you can disagree with us, agree with us, not a problem, but just uh, uh, try to make it to something we're saying like right now on the spot. But uh, I just want to finish laying this foundation, then I want to play a couple of clips from some people that's considered European, and uh, then we're going to come back, and I want to hear what Sister Yaina has to say and Brother Clark, uh, John Clark has to say. I want them to give us their testimony as to what did it for them, what did they see in the scriptures 
And after they give their testimony, folks, of how they know beyond a shadow that we're the people of that Bible, and I want them to bring some scriptures to the table, and I know they will. After they give their testimony, we're going to get deep into this. We're going to start flipping, and we may turn to 64 scriptures tonight. That's my goal. I want to hit like 50 scriptures because when this show is off, I want everybody to understand and have some type of knowledge of who we are as a people. Let me say something. John kind of hit it earlier. Folks, this is the reason we have in this show, in addition to the topic, why African Americans at the bottom. Folks, listen to, listen to me. I'm going to spell the name of the Father. Now, some people say Yahweh, some people say Yahweh, but the letters that the translators ran into when they, was, when they came across the scriptures was the letters Yud Hate, Wad Hate. Okay, what does that mean to y'all? When the people translated the Bible, they ran across these four letters, Yud, Hav, Y, Hav. You're going to have different people come on the line tonight that pronounce those, the Y, H, W, H. If the translators came across, they're going to say, well, that means Yahweh. You're going to have somebody say, well, no, that means Yahweh. But for sure, it does not say G-O-D. That's why a lot of people in Israel and people like myself and Brother John and Brother Yaina, that's uh, Sister Yaina, that's why we don't like saying God or Lord. But I'll say it because I don't want people choking on me when I talk and thinking I'm serving some foreign God. We're talking about the God of the Old Testament, folks, and of the New Testament, his son, Yeshua, or Jesus. We're talking about the same, or Yahweh, just different variations. Don't let these names throw you off. There's a big old ship, a big elephant in the room, and that is, who are these people of the Bible? That's what we're talking about tonight, not so much the name. So don't, get, don't let the Hebrew trip you up. But remember this. This is why this is important tonight. Folks, if we are not Israelites, if we're not the people of the Bible, and you be dead honest with yourself, you have to agree that this world we live in as African Americans, it looks like the Father is picking on us. You have to admit that. We're at the bottom of all these years. We love. Uh, some of us forgive whites. We're the most forgiving people. We take in whites. If our daughters and sons, although a lot of us prefer them to marry our people, we still open with open arms, accept them. African Americans, the ex-slaves and slaves that were brought in this country, have proven over and over and over we don't have a problem with white people. We even serve the Messiah right now thinking he's white. Matter of fact, let's do a test. Let me show you what I mean. Let's do this little test. Let's do this little test. This little game I have played. Every, I've been doing this for over 25 years, and I always do this test. You want to know whether or not you need this show tonight? Let's see if you can pass this test, family. I know family's in the house. And again, welcome, family and friends and, and all uh, old former uh, Follows a five smooth stone. So my family's in the house tonight, so I want everybody to play this little this little exercise. And this will tell you whether or not you need to listen to another minute. And if you pass this test, I strongly recommend you hang up and free up that line for somebody else because you do not need this show. Here's the test. Everyone, please, let's do this. It takes about a minute, literally one minute. Everybody, please close your eyes. Please close your eyes. And I want you to think of the Messiah. 
I want you to get a visual picture of the Messiah. Maybe at the Lord's table, as the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. I want everybody to imagine our Messiah, the one that shed his blood for us. Yes, we believe in the Messiah for sure. That's what we're about. Imagine him and the disciples there at the table. Can you see the 12 and the disciples? Come on, folks, get a mental picture. All right, now see the Messiah going out, and the, and the 12 is with him. And he, now he's feeding, he's feeding the multitude. Get a picture of that. Get a picture of that. Please, follow me, family. Get a picture. Can you see the Messiah and his love feeding all those hungry people with, those, with, with just the little supplies he had? Now, one more thing. I want you to go to the Old Testament and imagine Jacob wrestling with the angel. Can you see Jacob? You've heard about him wrestling with the angel. Just imagine it. Come on, serious. Imagine Jacob wrestling with the angel. All right, now snap out of it. That's the end of the test. Folks, if you saw 12 guys that looked like they could have been all dreadlocked, black, nappy hair, dark skin, not olive, not white. If you saw when the Messiah was feeding those thousands of people, that uh, it looked like Atlanta, Georgia bus station. If you saw when Jacob wrestled with the angel, you saw a black man with, 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 with kind of muscular with with rough hair. You don't need this show. Go ahead and free the lineup. It's been nice. Thank you very much. And I strongly recommend you leave this show. There's nothing we have for you. But if you saw any white people, any, if you saw any olive people, any, you, my friend, my family have been lied to, have been tricked, have been deceived. And we will, with the help of the Father, show you that you are in need of a doctor, spiritually speaking. And I hope that we are able to allow that doctor to do a healing on you tonight. Again, folks, this is not just about somebody being black. We're going to show you. We're going to show you what they look like. We're going to show you. Now, somebody said, well, Seth, what does this have to do with my salvation? Suppose you're all right. Suppose you're right. I had people ask me one time. They said, I see it. I can see what you're saying. I think y'all are right. It's, it makes sense. It makes sense. But what does it have to do with my bills? What does it have to do with my wife? What does it have to do, John Clark, Yaina, Sister Yaina? What, what does it have to do with my bills, my, my, my marriage, my husband? I got, I got to go to work tomorrow. So what, how is this going to help my salvation? I'm already saved. I already walk with the Father. I already have peace. Folks, listen to me. There have been some very evil people that have come before us and have lied about who Christ is, lied about who Israel is, lied about who the Bible is, to so much so when we think and close our eyes and think of the Messiah, we see somebody completely different. Say, what does it matter? So what does it matter if we do close our eyes and see white? Here's what, it, what matters. What matters is it's a theft of birthright. Somebody is deliberately of Satan using this story, painting the picture. 
I know some of y'all wondering why y'all use that Yahshua. Do you know how they got the whole, Jesus really lived. I mean, the person that they're talking about really lived, Jesus. He, but the reason why we say Yahshua is because people come behind that and they try to change his name. And then they put up white images. And then they paint the whole Bible white. And then they put all these white images. They're trying to erase you out of history. And, folks, we're going to leave the best to the last. In Lamentations and throughout the whole scriptures, Israel tell you how they look. Again, some of you are saying, I, I hear you, but I just don't understand the nature of where y'all are going with this. So what if they were? Folks, listen to me. This is why it's important. We have young people in an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. And they're seeing you, Grandma, and you, Grandpa. And I'm coming to y'all, John, and, and, and Yahina, Yahina here in a second. Yahina. Uh, they see you, Grandpa, Grandma, on your knees, and they don't understand. We're getting a beating, so to speak. When my mother whipped me and she didn't let me know why or I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong, I remember every one of those whippings. African Americans is going through a certain type of chastisement. And if you don't know why, it creates secret animosity toward the Father. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. We're intelligent. If we're going through something and we don't know why, that's why a lot of people are not in church because they have issues with this God. Some people turn to Islam, or I'm not trying to knock Islam. I'm just saying some people turn to all types of other religions because they don't like our interpretation of that Bible because something don't make sense. Why are we going through all this if we're God's elect? Why are we getting beat by these cops? How come we can't come together? Folks, everything we go through, we're going to talk about it tonight, is scripture. The Bible says it will be just like it is from our young people to our babies, infants before they're born, infant mortality rate, from how we look to nappy hair to dreaded hair to, to, to our dark skin to, to slave ships to our young women, our women being taken in slavery to cotton fields to our business being taken. Everything stay with us tonight. Whatever you do, do not disconnect this line. Just have an open mind and listen. Yes, we're going to bring on questions. We're going to entertain your questions a little later on. We're not going to run from you. But we're asking you to just listen. Now, before I go any further, I want to share, I want a, a nice uh, 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 European lady, so-called white, to just give a little two cent in. And we come back, we're going to let Brother Sister Yaina and Brother John Clark tell you exactly what did it for them, how they know beyond a shadow that we are the people of that book. Check this out, though. This is a uh, European sister's saying some of the same things we're saying. Check this out. Hey, I'm back for my second video today. Um, I am doing this video. I've been, like I said in my first video, I've been watching the Black Hebrew Israelites on YouTube, and I've been learning a lot. And so I just felt like everything that I've been learning, I feel like now it's my responsibility, now that I know the truth, to get it out there. So I'm hoping that by me doing this video that maybe it will help to wake up some of the other black Hebrew Israelites. I see them on the videos, I read their comments, and a lot of them are just like, the Bible's not talking about us, that can't be us. Like, they just, that's not us. And I, I want you to know that yes, it, it is talking about you. 
So first things first, let me give a little bit of background about myself. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness up until I was about 18. I um, Something just didn't feel right. I, I couldn't figure out exactly what it was, but something was off. And I thought maybe it was just me. I don't know if you're familiar with the Jehovah's Witnesses, but if you are not living the guidelines that they say you should be living, you're not accepted. And so I just felt like, well, I'm just a bad person. I, I can't live like that. And with my basically entire family, with the exception of a couple people, all being Jehovah's Witness, you know, I was taught this by my mother and my father, so I felt like... I, I mean, being lied to never even crossed my mind. I, I never thought that's what was going on. But now I realize, yeah, that is exactly what happened. And I'm also trying to get my family to realize the truth. The first thing I want to talk about is the appearance of the ancient Hebrew Israelites. I'm going to give you a few scriptures. It's, it's not a lot, but to me, if you don't see it after reading these few scriptures, then you're probably never going to see it. The first thing, before you do this research, you need to push out of your mind everything that you've been taught, trained, religion that you've been taught, everything. Just push it all out and start with a clean slate. I It took me about a year for my eyes to be opened because I, even though I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness anymore, I still felt like that was the truth. And I was still defending it. And it wasn't until I pushed that out of my mind that my eyes truly got opened. The first thing I want to talk about is in Exodus chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, when God was speaking to Moses and he was going to use him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt where they were enslaved, he was giving him some signs to let him know that, hey, I will be with you, you know, I will help you with this. So he had told Moses in this particular chapter and verses, he said, uh, stick your hand into your bosom. And when he pulled it out, it says that it was white as snow. Now, if you were to take somebody of my skin color and stick my hand in my bosom, pull it out, and it's still white, that's not really going to be anything miraculous. But now if you were to take a person of black skin and put their hand in their bosom, pull it out, and it's white, that would be pretty miraculous. Another example is of Miriam. In Numbers chapter 12 and verse 10, it says God turned her into a leper and she was white as snow. So if he turned her white, then she obviously had to be black to begin with. In Amos 9 and verse 7, God is speaking to the children of Israel, and he says, Are you not as the Ethiopians unto me? Now, some versions are going to say Cushite, which if you don't look that up, it's not really going to mean much to you. But if you look up the word Cushite, it's going to say Ethiopian. Now, we all know Ethiopians are very, very dark-skinned people. And God was comparing his people, the children of Israel, to them. A couple of other scriptures are Lamentations 5 and verse 10 and Job 30:30. Those also refer to the skin color of the Israelites as being black. Now I have to tell you this. Um, if you have a new King James Version, 
it's going to take the word black out. You need to go into an older King James Version and uh, it, it will have the proper, the proper words in there. Now you have to ask yourself, first of all, why do we need a new version of the Bible? What was wrong with the old one? And second of all, why would they take the word black out? What are they trying to hide? Now, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, is a description of Christ. And it brings out that he had hair white like wool. Now, I want to show you a picture. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what wool looks like, but I just wanted you to get a, a good visual. Okay? Now, there's wool. Now, I'm going to show you another picture, and we all know who this is. But when you look at his hair, it is exactly like the sheep's wool. Now, I know it says that it was white, so I want to show you a picture of an older Hebrew Israelite. And when you look at his hair, that's exactly what it is, white like wool. Now, if you look at the gentleman next to him, who is a... She was talking about Denzel Washington, and she was talking about the hair texture family, just so everybody know. I mean, you look at my hair, it's... It's not woolly. It's, it's thin and fine and straight, which is, is pretty much the norm for the so-called white people. Now, also, in um, Daniel 7, cha chapter 7, verse 9, it talks about the Ancient of Days, which is God himself. And there's a description of him there, and it says he had hair white like wool. So when you read these scriptures, it, it really shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that God... Christ and the ancient Hebrews were all black people with hair white like or with hair like wool. Excuse me. Now another thing I want to touch on is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now the first 14 verses are talking about God is God is telling the Israelites, okay, if you keep my commands, this is what I'll do for you. The remaining verses. I, he's telling them, if you don't keep my commands, then this is what will happen. I want to read chapter 28 and verse 68. It says, And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Now, if you were to get a globe and you were to look at where the Hebrew Israelites were at, they would not need a ship to get to Egypt. So God was obviously talking about something else. He wasn't talking about the physical land of Egypt. If you look in Exodus 13:3 and Deuteronomy 20 and verse 2, it refers to Egypt as a house of bondage. Now, I want to show you something, and I know everybody has seen this. I saw it a million times, but never paid any attention and never really thought twice about it. But on the back of the dollar bill, there's a pyramid. Now, pyramids are notorious with Egypt. I mean, you say pyramid, that's automatically what you think of is Egypt. So why would the United States of America put a pyramid on the back of their dollar bill? Now, with the word Egypt meaning house of bondage, God was obviously telling the Israelites, hey, I'm going to put you back into slavery. 
Now, the only race of people that were brought over on ships and sold as bondmen and bondwomen, which are slaves, are the so-called African-Americans. That, that's the term that the white man has given them. Now, like I said before, if after you do this research, which I, I don't expect you to take anything that I'm telling you, I, you know, look it up for yourself, do the research, that's what I did. Anytime I was shown a scripture, shown something in a book, I'd look it up myself. And do the same thing. And if at the end of that you still can't see it, then I really don't know what else to say. But I, I want the black Hebrew Israelites, I'm trying to help to get them woke up and to see the rich heritage that they really have. And what a blessing to be one of God's chosen people. I mean, honestly, I'd give my left foot to be one of God's chosen people. Um, so I'm just trying to help and get this out there, and I'm hoping that if one person listens to what I have to say and they see the truth, then great. I, I'm ecstatic. So I, I'm hoping that um, this helps, and I hope everybody enjoyed my video. Thank you. Okay, folks. Okay. I just wanted to play that again. We don't need anyone to validate our experiences other than the Most High and other than the Holy Spirit. But it's good to have brothers and sisters on the planet like Brother John Clark and Sister Yaina and like the sister you just heard to come into an agreement from studying. So, again, I'm not one of those uh, people that need white people to validate me. We've been saying this before we even ran across that, but I'm going to play more clips like that. We're going to speak a while. We're going to play another clip from another European, and it's very interesting what they have to say about this topic. These are studied people now. Uh, this is all over the Internet, folks. This is all over life. This is all in the libraries. This is old information. Family, this is ancient stuff. This is what a lot of your great-grandparents studied. Did y'all know in the 1800s, a guy now by the name of Prophet Crowder was in the United States in the 1800s saying this? Did you know that Garvey said this? Did you know that the founding father of the Church of God in Christ, Bishop Mason, taught this? Did you know that some of the founding fathers of a lot of all of our early churches, Baptists, early, the further you go back, the more you heard this. We have left the old landmark. Sister Yaina, what do you think of what you just heard? Um, well, you know, I've heard it before, and um, I, I um, uh, it, it, it can be overwhelming at times. And you know, I don't. I know you have a lot of your family members on the on the phone, and the gentleman who was speaking earlier that was on the phone. I wanted to kind of jump in there, but you know, sometimes when it sounds like that we're conflicting uh, uh, with each other and we have an issue. I don't, I don't like to add more fuel to the fire, but um, I have a couple of things that I would like to say real quick. Um, I don't, I don't want to um, overwhelm anyone because it's a lot to take in. But there's a couple of there's a scripture that I would like for you all to reference in the Second Samuel chapter seven, verse twenty three through twenty six, and it says, "And what one nation in the earth is like thy people?" Even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and do for you great things and terrible for thy land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods, 
It says, For thou hast confirmed to thy to thy to to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house, establish it forever, and do as thou hast said. And let thy name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. Now, one thing that I think that we have to remember is that we are his people and we are a nation. I can go through several scriptures that says that we are a nation before him. He chose us to be a nation in his eyes. You know, so we are a nation of people. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to share real quick is a couple of quotes. Because, see, we have to understand that this has been something that has been going on forever. Um, I don't know if you all are familiar with Napoleon Bonaparte, but Napoleon Bonaparte was a French military leader and an emperor who conquered much of Europe during the 19th century. He gave a quote, and this is what he said. He said, my decision to destroy the authority of the blacks in St. Domingus, which is Haiti, is not so much based on consideration of commerce and money as on the need to block forever the march of the blacks in the world. Now, if I take another quote, which is very, very important that we just read um, to some of our people, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the late president of Egypt. His name was Gamal Abdel Nasser, and his last name is spelled N-A-S-S-E-R. And he told the people that were in Israel now, he he said, you Jews will never be able to live here in peace because you left here black but came back white. Now, this is a statement that he made in Time magazine that the the original Jews left here black and now they've come back white. And he said, you'll never have any peace. You know, and we can go on and on. Even um, President um, Lincoln, this is my last quote. He said, I will say then that I am not, nor ever have I been in favor of bringing about in any way, the social and political equality of the white and the black races, that I am not nor ever have been in favor of making voters or jurors out of Negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. And I will say in addition to this, that there is a physical difference between the white and the black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. He said, inasmuch as they cannot so live, while they do remain together, there must be a position of superiority and inferiority. And I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. So these are all of the icons that they put in front of us that they give to us as historical leaders of the land. And we have to understand that they have done these things to make sure that we never come into the knowledge of who we are and that we never come on top. It doesn't matter about the gross domestic product. It doesn't matter about uh, the social status or or the social conditions of our people, the level of, 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 of success. It does not matter because the Most High sees us as a nation. 
and we're going to move as a nation, as one entity, and this is not our land. Our ancestors were brought here by force. We, we, we will never have equality here. We have got to go back to our own land. And there are multiple scriptures that, that, that we can give to substantiate that point, and I, I relinquish the mic. Well, let me say this, and I, I, I really enjoy what you said. I want to comment on the very last thing you said because I know some people is wondering, what move, leave our land? Let me say this, folks. Everything she said is profoundly true. But something she said, you might have trouble with. And I think the last statement she made, so let me just, just explain something real quick. What if we're right? Just for sake of argument, what if what we're talking about is true? You better hope it's not true, because if it's true, that changes a lot of things. And that's what we're saying. Now, the Bible talks about a remnant returning to Israel because the Bible knew most people in the latter days when the father says uh, that's, that's why I played Ezekiel 37 at the beginning of the show. The father talks about Israel waking up in the latter days, and that's why we're having to show folks that proverb, that prophecy, that scripture is being fulfilled in your face right now. This show is a part of us waking up. Now, the Bible says that only a remnant is going to return. The sister said we should return our land. If, if indeed we're right and we are Israelites and the Bible says I will scatter you out of this land, <laughs> let me tell you all something. Watch this. Here's another scripture. Jeremiah 1. The father said he will send all of the nations. Let's turn. Brother John, can you do the reading for me? Uh, get Jeremiah 1. Watch this, folks. I bet you all never seen this in the scriptures. Watch this. But just for, for, for the sake of the uh, – Brother John, can you get that for me? Sure. You said Jeremiah Brother, 1? Jeremiah 1. Now, watch this, folks. Right. You're about to read some scriptures where the father said he's going to empty out Europe upon Israel. Millions of people is going to be sent to war Israel, to Israel. That's how that nation became white. We're going to talk about that a little later on. Well, Seth, if what y'all are saying is true, right now it's comical. But if what y'all are saying is true, actually it's not comical, but I'm just saying what y'all are saying is true, who are those people over there? We're going to deal with that a little later on. And, folks, Will it help you if the people that's in Israel there tell you who we are? Will it help you if the Jewish people say out of their mouth who we are? Will that help you? I bet you it would. Your cousin, Brother Seth, the gentleman talking right now, and I can't speak for and maybe she's been and maybe Brother John, but I've been to Israel. I went in 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Seven, eight. In 2008, I went twice. Well, what brother said, why do you go to Israel so much? Because I knew beyond a shadow of doubt in 1991 when the Father showed me this, I wanted to go to the land to see and to just perfect. I went there for you, for other people, to be able to share with other people. But I got it from the Spirit. I'm not superior to anybody. 
Many of you get things from the Father much more than I do. But I knew by the Spirit, when I began to read that Bible, especially Leviticus 13, where it talks unfavorably about white skin. We're going to talk about that a little later on. Folks, we got a lot to cover on this show. And I'm going to show y'all how y'all been lied to about white skin. And white skin in biblical times was frowned upon. Like the sister, the, the white sister just was on the line talking about uh, Moses sticking his hand in his bosom, pulling it out, and it was white. And, and many of you think right now that, that, that the Bible says his hand became leprous as snow. He stuck his hand in his bosom, and, he, and the father said, pull your hand out. And when he pulled it out, his hand was leprous as snow. If leprosy is sores and pus and fingers falling off, why did the Bible call Moses' hand leprous as snow? What would his hand have to do with, it should say leprous as sores. Or there is a type of leprosy that's just white skin. Now, remember, I know I got a lot of y'all when I said that, but why he's holding Jeremiah 1, let me share with you. Leviticus 13 and 13 talks about this thing called leprosy that when you're covered with it from your head to your toe, I didn't want to get into this, but we kind of went there. I can't run away from it now. The Bible says, stick your hand in your bosom, Moses, pull it out. And Moses' hand became leprous as snow. Somebody said, well, that's not what the father meant. He just meant his hand was leprous. He had sores on the white side, leprous as snow. Snow is only known to be white. Oh, he didn't mean that. Okay, watch what happened when Miriam is, speaks against Moses marrying an Ethiopian woman. And the Bible says Moses was mar- married an Ethiopian woman, and his Israelite sister spoke out against him marrying an Ethiopian woman. So pastors been preaching that Moses was white. See, he married an Ethiopian woman. That don't mean he was white. Let me tell y'all something, family. I love white people. Keep listening. You'll feel it. But they're, they're, when white skin appear in this Bible, it's not in a nice light. It's spoken of very negatively. There is no white people in the Bible spoken of favorably. Those people was very dark-skinned. But watch this. I'm about to nail it down if you ever heard anything. Turn in your Bibles while you put your finger first, uh, Jeremiah 1, and go to Leviticus 13. Brother John, can you read to me Leviticus 12, Leviticus 13 and 12? Please watch this. Watch this, folks. If, 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 if Leprosy, and I submit to you that a type of leprosy is nothing more than white skin. Vitiligo in biblical time, white skin, black skin turning white, was a type of leprosy. All white skin, babies born white, a type of leprosy. Yellow hair, which is blonde hair today, a type of leprosy. Don't believe Brother Seth. Don't believe Cousin Seth. He could be cuckoo. Read it yourself. Read Leviticus 13 and listen how unfavorably... It's talking about a white spot and how it's in Leviticus 12, it's talking about this spot turning the whole body white. Today we call that vitiligo. Did you know vitiligo in the Bible? No, you know that. Your pastor didn't tell you that. They're not going to talk about this kind of stuff. That's why we have blog talk radio and YouTube because people is bringing this truth out. Our church is unfortunate. I love the church. They're the most powerful institution on earth, but they've been hijacked by a lot of people that want to satisfy, not everybody, not every pastor, but even good pastors, they don't want to talk about this because it makes white people feel uncomfortable. And guess what? It's like that white sister was on the line. It's 
whites like that that want to hear the truth. They want to know because something is not right about these African-American people. They're at the bottom of society. They can make us rich, but they can't come together. They can't establish themselves, but they can make us rich. And then other people come to this country, and they become rich overnight. But watch this. Brother John, read Leviticus 13 and 12, please. If leprosy is sores and pus and fingers falling off, this is not going to make sense what he's about to read. Go ahead, brother. And if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath uh, the plague from his head even to his foot, wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider, and behold, if the leprosy hath covered all his flesh, he shall be pronounced, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white, he is clean. But when all flesh hold appeareth on, hold in on, him. Hold on, hold on. Raw flesh appeareth in him. Go ahead. But when raw Go flesh ahead. appeareth in him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall see the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean. For the raw flesh is unclean. It is a leprosy. Okay. Right. Now, when somebody hear the word raw flesh, they say, see, brother said, there it is right there. It says raw flesh is a leprosy. Don't forget what the man just read. You're talking about a spot on somebody's body and it's turning white. It's vitiligo, folks. And it says, you know how a person turned completely white? It says when they have turned completely white, they're clean. Unless if raw flesh appears. Somebody said, well, raw flesh, that's, that's blood. No, it's not. Read it. The raw flesh they're talking about, it says it's under the skin. The raw flesh you've been taught, and if you Google Leprosy right now, what they're talking about, it's on top of the skin, sores and pus and fingers falling off. This raw flesh is under the skin. Folk, raw flesh is just simply when you can see through the skin. That's what you call unclean, called raw flesh. When I first read this, the father showed that to me. Kind of like when you see a chicken or when you're cooking like a raw chicken or inside of your mouth, wherever there's not melanin covering your body, wherever, you know, there's a hole like under your eyelid, you know, that's not covered. That's flesh that's not covered. The best thing is look inside your mouth. It's not covered with melanin. All that is like it's like raw flesh, but you, you're still covered with melanin. What I'm saying is outside of their body, the Bible says if you got this, whatever it is, it's called leprosy, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, you're clean. If it sores, how much sense does it make? For somebody to have sores from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, and then they're clean. Brother John just read. I want him to read it one more time. Read it one more time, brother. And keep listening out for when he says, if it's from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, this thing called leprosy, you are clean. It says if raw flesh appear, you're not clean. But if raw flesh don't appear and you just wipe from head to toe, you're clean. <laughs> Folks, clean in that chapter means accepted. I know a lot of y'all, this is going a little fast, but just, just stay with me and trust me. When you see the word clean in the Bible, it does not mean soap and water. Oh, they was leper, they had sores, they had to be clean. No, no, no. Clean just means accepted. For instance, Israel, when they saw a dead person, they were unclean until the sun went down or another day to that day was over with. I'm going to say it again. When the Israelites saw a dead person, 
they could not go and be a priest and do anything inside the temple because they was unclean. Had nothing to do with nothing to do with soap and water. You're gonna see the word clean, unclean, clean, unclean. It just means accepted or unaccepted. Accepted or unaccepted. So unsubmitting to you, family, friends, followers of Five Smooth Stone, that Brother John is gonna read this one more time. Listen to what he says happened. When this leprosy had covered the top of your head to the sole of your feet, you are become cleansed. You're still a leper, though. Leper just means white. You, this person is white. The Bible said it's turned all white, but they are clean. They're accepted. They can go and mingle among the other rest of the people. An unclean leper or white skin that you could see through that wasn't covered with pigmentation, like inside of your mouth, under your eyelids, places on your body was not covered. If the outside of your skin looked like that, there was a blemish under the Old Testament. None of this matters since Christ has come. But I'm just talking real briefly about when I get to talking about leprosy, you'll see that, oh, well, the Messiah, they couldn't have been white because it was spoken negative. Exactly. That's where we're going with this really quick. We're going to hit this really quick, and then I can give you all some books and stuff you can, and we'll talk about this. Not to mention uh, some, some shows where we cover two hours. We have over probably 15 hours of me talking about just this here. So, folks, there's hope if you want to know more about Bible leprosy. Not leprosy of today. Bible leprosy was nothing more than white skin. A type of Bible leprosy was nothing more than white skin. Now, somebody said to me, uh, leprosy, you die when you have leprosy. No, you didn't. Didn't nobody die of leprosy in the Bible. There was two lepers one time sitting outside of the city, and they said, why sit we here till we die? What they meant was they were starving to death. They, let's say, they said, let's go down to the enemy camp. If the enemy catches us, they're going to kill us because we're taking their food. But if they don't, we shall live. Well, what do you mean you shall live if they don't catch you? I thought you're lepers and you're going to die anyway. We have been mistaught, brainwashed. There's a conspiracy to keep us in the dark. And, folks, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but stay with me. We're going to get a little clearer. This right here is some of the most harder parts to understand, but some of y'all understand it already. It don't make sense. Brother John, read that one more time. This thing called leprosy, when it covers your body, you are accepted, you are clean. How is that so if leprosy is sores? So if you have one sore, it seems like to me you're more clean than if you have your whole body, but it says when you're covered with from head to toe, you're clean. Read it one more time. Please. Leviticus 13, 13. Then the priest shall Twelve. consider and behold. Say it again. 12 and 13. Okay. And if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague from his head even to his foot, wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider and behold, if the leprosy hath covered all the flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white. He is clean. Now, now hold on right there. It is all turned white. He is clean. Why are they talking about white? Folks, let me hit this a little harder because before I go, I want y'all to see something. Now, keep in mind, white people, to me, is black people that lost their pigmentation. Albinos migrated up to the north. Albinos from Africa migrated up to the north, was in those caves in Europe for thousands of years, hundreds of years, and 
they tell the scientists and doctors and, and preachers and everybody else say when albinos mix with albinos, you can't produce pigmentation. This is how we get white-skinned people. They're just us. We're them. So Brother Seth can never be a racist because they are us, we are them, period, end of story. God put two people in that garden. Those two people had to be melanated people to produce dark skin and white skin as well. Let me give you a little quick a quick uh, uh, experiment, then we'll go to, to to our guests and talk more with them, and I want to hear their testimony. But i got to lay this down. I know we're jumping around, and I'm throwing a lot at y'all, but just stay with me. We're going to talk. We're going to hit a little bit more later on. It'll be smoother. Just stay with me. This is not an easy task, and this is not an easy subject, and this is a very strong giant of racism that has been swept throughout the body of Christ and throughout our life as, as those of us, of us not even in the church about who we are as a people. Brother Seth right now is attempting to show you how white skin in the Bible is frowned upon. Read it yourself. Uh, and Sister Yaina, could you do my favor and look up the, the, the story we just read about Moses sticking his hand in his bosom and stuck his hand in his bosom and, was, and when he pulled out it was white which means it had to have been black because a white person taking a hand in their bosom and it coming out white would not have been anything. Uh, can you look that up for me, please? And also, folks, when Miriam against Moses marrying that Ethiopian woman, Moses was black, the Ethiopian woman was black. They both was dark-skinned. It's just tribalism, like going on in Africa. It don't mean Moses was white because it says he married Ethiopian. But anyway, his sister spoke out against him marrying this Ethiopian. Watch this, folks. Watch this. The Bible said that Miriam was smitten with leprosy. Watch this. Watch this. And I'm about to drop a bomb on you. Do not hang up this line. I'm about to drop some, and it's going to really make it clear about this whole leprosy thing. Again, a type of leprosy. Watch this. Miriam spoke out against Moses marrying an Ethiopian woman. The Bible says she was smitten with the same thing, leprosy. And this is what it says. Brother John, can you look up where Miriam was smitten with leprosy, please? Sure. I don't know if, you, if you're on Google. Uh, 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 I have it, but I'm just sitting up here talking here, and I can't do two things at one time. But Miriam was smitten with leprosy, and the Bible says that her she became leprous as snow. It used snow again. I'm telling y'all, leprosy in biblical time was just white. Oh, his fingers falling off. What about the priest, the, the king that was smitten with leprosy in his forehead? If his fingers falling off, how can he have leprosy in his forehead? It, 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 it's not talking about sores and pus and all that. But I'm about to make it real clear. Second Kings 5, they're turning to some scriptures. I'm throwing these scriptures out there, so you got to write this stuff down. Second Kings 5, somebody's smitten with leprosy. Somebody's smitten with leprosy. A, a, a man by the name of Gehazi. Watch this. Second Kings 5, the last three verses. The Bible says the leprosy. Let me just tell you all the story real quick. Again, we're jumping around. You've got to really listen, okay? And then we're going to let them read that, what they have. But real quick, Second Kings 5, last verses. Last verses. A guy by the name of Gehazi. Oh, I hear, hear, a little, hear a little noise there. Oh, uh, and I see your hand in Senate. Uh, I see your hand, Eric Code 210653. We're coming at you. Sarge, if you can press 1. And your hand go down, I'd appreciate it because right now your hand is up and that's because you may want to ask a question later on. But Eric code two one zero, I apologize, I didn't see your hand on I don't know how long your hand is up, but we'll come to you in a little bit. Second Kings five. If you don't get nothing out of what I'm saying about leprosy, we're gonna switch here in a little bit after they read what they got. 
You can't get this wrong. I can't get Second Kings five wrong. Whatever leprosy is, yes, we believe a type of leprosy is white skin. We believe a type of leprosy. We believe a type of leprosy is white skin. All right. Second Kings five, Gehazi just witnessed Naaman being healed by something called leprosy. Now I know what y'all thinking. Keep thinking of sores and all that and watch what I'm about to show you. It's not gonna make no sense. Just like it don't make sense once it covered your whole body, you're clean. That don't make sense. It can't be sores. Watch this. Second Kings five, the last verses, this man witnessed the healing of Naaman. And he decides he's going to go and try to get gifts of this man's healing. Well, the prophet says to Gehazi, Gehazi, what are you doing? Why would you go and try to get gifts? The man, I let him go. The father healed him. Why are you trying to go get paid for his healing of this leprosy? He said the leprosy that he has is going to fall on you and your descendants forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And the Bible says that Naaman became white as snow. Is there anybody, because he said this is going to be up on your descendants forever and ever. Is there anybody on this planet white as snow? No, that's not what it meant at all. It just means white. There are people that are born with white skin albinos that could very well be fulfilling a nothing more than Gehazi descendants. We don't know, but we know this. The Bible can't lie. It says, the leprosy of Naaman shall be upon you and your descendants forever. If anybody have babies back in Second Kings 5, all the way up to 2015, it's not going to be a few thousand like they say lepers are in India. It's going to be millions. And ask yourself this question. The Bible says, the, the prophet told Gehazi, the leprosy that was on Naaman is going to be upon you and your descendants forever. That's Gehazi and his children forever. There will be millions. But then you got to ask yourself, who was the prophet? Why was he cursing people white? What kind of prophets was doing that? Was he the only one doing that? Where did Naaman get his leprosy from in the first place? This is the kinds of questions we need to ask. Do we really understand that Bible? Again, I'm not on no hate trip. I'm not on hate, hate the Jew trip. I'm not on no hate the white man trip. I'm on a Bible trip. I tell you, I don't believe really in per se white people and black people. We are white people. We just cover with melanin. Under the melanin, it's white skin. Some of us are born without the covering. And by the way, folks, speaking of albinism, which is a form of leprosy in Bible days, it's not just on humans. It's in animals. That every animal on the face of this earth have albinism, have seed or children or offsprings Sooner or later, one out of every 10,000, that's an albino. So what, what Brother Seth is not saying is foreign. 
And it ain't just in animals, it's in plants. It's not just in plants, it's in insects. Everything on this planet, every 10,000 births or 100,000 births, produce no pigmentation. It is a result of Adam and Eve's fall. It is under the old dispensation, I can't think of the word, um, I just said it earlier, but Mm. Priests could not have this. Now, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you, Yaina and Brother John. Just bear with me. I got this leprosy. That's I didn't want to get into it, but we in it, and that's okay. <laughs> when when man fell, they began to lose hair. Balling oh. is the same thing. Balling is the same thing. Balling of the head is the same thing. Again, what are we doing tonight? We're talking about white skin and how in biblical times it was looked at unfavorably. Why Brother said talking about that? Because we're trying to show you how these people were dark-skinned. Some of y'all are asking, wait a minute, if, you, if the Israelites were dark-skinned, well, where was the white people at? Well, what about white people? You've got to understand, white people come from us. We produce white skin, black skin, dark-skinned people. So I know this is a little complicated, but that's okay, because some of y'all understand what I'm saying. You're going to go get that Bible, and you're going to go read it. So listen. Let's do this. I'm, I'm anxious to hear this question. Eric code two one zero six five three. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yeah, you, you, you're doing a heck of a job, a uh, heck of a service to those of us who are listening, Seth. That is good, very good information, and I've got a lot of scriptures written down. And I just want to tell you to keep it up. I mean, uh, don't hold back. I mean, just share the information. If folk are interested in the truth, then they all should be listening. And check it out in the Bible. See if it's the truth, because uh, the truth uh, is the light, and we need more and more of that. Uh, thank you very much for your show. Well, just I appreciate that. Uh, uh, who am I speaking with? Uh, William B. San Antonio. I know you are, but I want everybody to know who you are. Well, this all the way from San Antonio, all all the way from San Antonio, Mr. William, Brother William. Thank you for that compliment, and, and uh, press 1 when you go off the line, and press 1 again when you want to come back on and share. I thought okay. I was losing some people, but, again, Brother William, before you go, and I, and I see you, Sister Yaina. I know I hadn't spoke with you all in a minute, but just give me – got to be patient. Remember we said that earlier. Um, Brother William, I'm trying to make very clear, even though it's going to be fuzzy for some people and it may not make sense, they're not going to misunderstand the fact, like Brother John read, that when you're covered with whatever this thing is, you're clean. So it can't be what we call it in 2015. Now, they may not agree with what I say it is, but it can't be what we had in our head originally as being leprosy. So I'll go ahead and continue, and thanks again for that comment, Brother. So anyway, that's Brother Williams from San Antonio. I appreciate him coming on the line, and uh, we're just going to keep firing at this. But let me do this. I want to go ahead with to Sister Yaina before I go any further and have her to read what she have real quick, if y'all don't mind. All right? Sister Yaina, go ahead with the scripture you have, please. Do you want the scripture where Moses' hand turned white as snow? Absolutely. I just want to know where it's found. We don't have to read it. Go ahead and read it. That's in Exodus chapter 4, um, and it is verse number 6. Go ahead and, and read says, it. And, the, and the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom, 
and he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thy hand in thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as of his other flesh. Wow. Wow. And then, uh, uh, I don't, Brother John, I think he got, Brother John, you got, what you got, Jeremiah 1, did I, did, we, did I ask either one of y'all to turn on a Moses' sister? But his sister was smitten with leprosy for speaking out for Moses marrying an Ethiopian woman. Again, tribalism, one black tribe marrying another black tribe, and she spoke out against it. And the Bible says she was smitten with leprosy, and they used the same verbiage. And Miriam became leprous as, whatever leprosy is, it's going to follow the word as, leprous as snow. Leprosy in the Bible days was nothing more than white skin. I know somebody's going, that can't be true. Let me tell y'all something. This is how we know. This is how we know. There was too much mixing for a white race to come out of that. Let's use science now, because many of you have trouble with the scriptures. Trouble with the deeds of thou, the word with, okay, let's use a little common sense and a little science. Some of y'all will kind of breathe on this. All of Moses, Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Some people say in, in theological, theological circles, they teach that the white man come from Japheth, the black man come from Ham, and the yellow man or, or the, uh, the, the, the yellow man come from Shem. That's what they teach. But here's the problem. Ham, the dark one, had the most kids. Shem, the yellow man, had the second most kids. The one with the fewest kids was Japheth. So even if they're right, the kind of mixing they had going on, nobody was living in Europe at the time. It's impossible for a lily white race of millions to come from that mixing. Oh, but we ain't, we we holding the the best for last. We got scripture where Israel tell you their skin was black, talks about their locks hair, talks about their woolly hair. Scripture talks about everybody know about the scripture that says and Christ's hair was white like wool. But very few know that in the book of Daniel it don't use the word white. It just says his hair was like wool. What y'all gonna do with that scripture tonight? Tonight, it's not about proving they were. Black for the sake of being black It's to understand why we're in America Why we're at the bottom Why those slave ships Why, why did our forefathers In those cornfields And those uh, cotton fields Cry out day and night And it's seemingly that this father This God of love Just ignored them No folks, they're Israel the Bible says you've been enslaved for 400 years. After the end, you're going to come through. If you listen, stay tuned to the rest of the show. You're going to hear the good news. What happens in the end? How are we going to be spared? You cannot afford to hang up that phone. Sister Yaina ain't even got started yet. I know she haven't. Brother John, it's quiet. He haven't even got started yet. I've got more clips to come. And again, we're not going to play these clips of whites having them validate us. It's just very interesting what they bring to the table, and I'm going to play some more of them. So, folks, you haven't heard nothing yet. Trust me. We haven't even started technically the Bible study yet. So let's just recap real quick before Brother John reads what he has. 
Why are we doing this? Brother Seth, what y'all saying is fascinating. I never heard this before. My pastor never preached it, which why would he? This would make whites feel uncomfortable. This would make some blacks feel uncomfortable. Why would your pastor preach it in his defense? This is going to make a lot of our young people get all cocky and feel like, well, I'm an Israelite. I mean, a lot of people don't preach it for various reasons, but it don't mean it's not true family. Check this out. These are the reasons we're having this show tonight. Not just because to try to explain, give light on why America, African Americans at the bottom, but because the Father looked like he's picking on us. And we got to preach this gospel, this Bible in such a way that love radiates from that Bible. And right now, love doesn't radiate from that Bible. If we be honest with ourselves, why are we at the bottom? Where is God? Our boys are one million men locked up. Why? Did you know it was prophetic? Did you know that the Father said, Israel, you will not be able to enjoy your men and be taken to captivity? Now, somebody might say, wait a minute. Why would the Father do all this to a people? Like the sister said earlier on the video, it's because they're chosen. Chosen for what? He opened up the Red Sea for Israel. He rained down manna to Israel. He gave his law to Israel. This was his people. This was his people. And he said, all I'm going to ask of you is that you each generation pass down these heritage, pass down these laws to your children, your children, children. If you don't, that's what Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 through 68, the curses come in at. But if they would just keep these laws and pass these precepts down, the heritage down to their children, 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 do you know we would be running this planet? Folks, the Bible says that Israel was the best, the we was the, it was the most civilized nation. They had laws that was nothing to play with. They knew how to handle women. They knew how to handle the men. They knew how to handle prosperity. They knew how to handle their neighbors. They knew how to handle, they was a wealthy people. There was no poor. Did you know when Israel ruled, there was no ghettos, no poverty. Did you know there was the most beautiful people? Because when they went to war, they took the most beautiful women and made it with them. They allowed them to mourn for 30 days. The women were supposed to shave their head. This is after they go into a land and take uh, their women, they took those women and say, listen, you can stay with me. Uh, and, and they allowed them to mourn for their husbands for 30 days with their heads shaven so they wouldn't be attracted to them. After 30 days, they made a decision whether or not they want to stay with those men. If not, they became servant of Israel. If so, they became husband of the men that took them. So it was a very beautiful people. This is your heritage. Intelligence. The Bible says when Daniel went into captivity, you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that story. You know those are slave names? Speaking of names, what's your name, listener? What's your name? You look African. The way you look, family, you can't be a Turner, a Miller, a Johnson, a Turner. You, you, you can't be these names. Who are you? Well, we ain't no Israel. Okay, well, who are you? When I went to Israel and I was on a tour, the, the tour guy said, Israel is the only nation without a people. African American is the only people without a nation. Brother John, go ahead and read. Oh, if I may, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the scripture and I have one comment uh, because I'm going to have to leave. I didn't realize this was a two-hour show. I thought it was one hour. But um, the scripture here is Numbers 12. Um, I'm going to take it from the top. And Miriam, 
and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out unto my tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they were, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my lord, I beseech thee, say not... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Now, uh, you're going fast. Now, watch this. Y'all hear what just happened? The father gets on Miriam for, for speaking out against Moses marrying this Ethiopian. And Aaron is getting ready to describe... I told you, I ain't hiding them from y'all. Just give us a little time, be patient. Stay to the end. Stay to the end, and this will be very clear. You will never be the same and look at this Bible again if you just give us a chance here. You will love more yourself and everybody else. I promise you, we're not right with what we've been put inside of us. She's about to describe what happened to his sister, how she looked. Listen, read this slow, Brother John. This is Aaron. Aaron is Moses and Miriam's brother. Priest, the priest, the priest, Aaron, is about to describe his sister. Go ahead. Uh, hold on. And the cloud departed. This is, uh, by the way, Numbers 12 and 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Go ahead with the description. He's about to describe his sister. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal hold her on, now, hold, God. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Read that again. Now, he is looking at his sister. Y'all say leprosy is sores and parts, fingers fall off. Oh, yeah? It just says she became leprous as snow. So we got the first description, white. But this man really listened to what Aaron just said. Allah, my Lord, let her not be as one who cometh from his mother's womb, whose flesh is half consumed. Don't nobody come from their uh, uh, mother's womb ate up with sores? 
I was preaching this in Columbus, Ohio, and I said, when the flesh is half consumed, it's half colored. That's all it means. The story, Second Kings 5, that I spoke of earlier about when Naaman was stricken with his leprosy, it talks about Naaman's flesh returning. Returning? It talks about when he got cleansed, because lepers don't get healed. I know people say, oh, lepers, lepers don't get healed. Lepers get cleansed. Check it out. Family, check it out and get back with me. If you find any scripture where it says Christ said go heal the lepers, it don't say that. It said go cleanse the lepers. All you're doing with a leper that have white skin in biblical times, when they get clean or accepted, every time you see the word clean in the Old Testament, use the word accepted, clean, accepted, clean, accepted. A woman, when she's on a ministerial period in the Old Testament, was unclean. Had to do with soap and water. She was unaccepted. Or somebody said, well, it's got to do with blood. So, okay, let's not use that one. Several people, the, her, her, the Gentiles, was unclean. And had to do with soap and water. They can go into the Holy of Holies. They can go into the temple. They was unclean. Unclean just means accepted, folks. Miriam is looking at his sister. Alas, my Lord, let her not be as one who's dead who's come from his mother's womb. When babies come out stillborn, they have no pigmentation. Alas, my Lord, let her not be as one who's dead, whose flesh is half consumed. Half consumed just means half colored. It don't make sense. Well, that just means that maybe when the baby can't, he said, let her not be as one coming from his mother. Read it one more time, Brother Joe. I want the exact verbiage. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. Stillborn babies, I was preaching this in Columbus, Ohio, and I have this rule, you can interrupt me when I'm preaching, just like I do with this blog. And a nurse stood up, and she said, oh, my God. She said, you're absolutely right. She said, I deliver babies. That's what I do for a living. I have. I think we may have a doctor in the line, if I remember. And Correct me. Anybody, nurses on the line, doctors, anybody, correct me. When stillborn babies are born, there's no pigmentation. Miriam just lost her pigmentation, that's all, folks. It's like the inside of your mouth or under your eyelids where there's no melanin. That look in the Old Testament was forbidden. It was associated with the curse. These people was cursed white in biblical times. It don't happen now. I'm not talking about, and now since Christ has come, none of this matters. What brother said, why are you talking about it? We're just talking about to let you see that some people in the Bible days could not have been white. That's all I'm bringing this up for. That's all I'm animated here about. I want you all to understand that under the old dispensation, white skin, our people, we, if we did not have pigmentation, it was considered a curse. It was a result of sin somewhere. Maybe not that person. Maybe they family sin. It's true, brothers, sisters. I may say. Go ahead. And then, Brother John, I want you to go ahead and, and, and let everybody know how you came into the light of this. What did it for you? Why are you about to make whatever comment you're going to make? And if you got to go, that's fine. I'll just uh, hang out with Sister Yaina and, the rest, of the, and uh, the rest of the show. Go ahead. I do appreciate it. The, um What's funny is that I, the initial discussion that I had with 
you what back in, let's call it 89, 90, back in graduate housing, um, I had a strong conviction when I considered the plight of black people and what I knew of all the readings that I had done. However, as you can attest to, there was not a whole lot of scriptural support back then. Um, matter of fact, I would say there was none at the time that we discussed it. Um, but, you know, fast forward, let's call it four years ago, I guess it may have been when I caught back up with Elishua, and he turned me on to Brother Yahshua, and Yahshua and I began to scrub through the scriptures, and it became readily apparent um, when I would read those scriptures in Deuteronomy 28. I'm, I'm like, okay, this is pretty strong pretty strong, and that's when, to me, I began to look into it further, and even now, as we speak, every night, when I'm scrubbing through the scriptures, I do that with that understanding in mind, but one thing I would like to do is take everyone back to, based on what you stated, when I see things begin to dovetail together, my biology class. When I was in my biology class, and it talked about dominant and recessive traits. And if anyone, you can, I'm sure you can Google this now, but if, 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 you re, if you've taken biology, you'll come to understand that there are dominant traits, such as dark skin, the darker, the more dominant, um, eye color. If it's brown, it's more dominant. If it's dark brown, it's more dominant. If it's a lighter color, like a blue eye or a green eye, that's, those are recessive traits. Amen. Um, white, white, I'm sorry? Amen, amen. And, and let me just jump in here. You know, I got I got to say something about what you just said. That's powerful. Keep going, keep going. I just want to throw this in this real quick, folks. If you look outside when it's daytime, folks, there ain't nothing the color of white skin. There ain't nothing the color of why y'all thinking I'm dogging white people. There ain't nothing the color of light skin. The earth is brown and green. Everything else is recessive. Go ahead, brother. And so, um, as we on and, um, the instructor explained how you cannot get a dominant trait from two recessive traits, but you can get a recessive trait from two dominant genes, which means that you can get a green eye from two brown eyes, but you can't get a brown eye from two green eyes. And again, I'm speaking to this plant speaking to you all plainly, you can go and look this up. This is science. This is science proven. And so what happens is that for you to be able to get a green eye from a brown two brown genes, it's the gene must mutate. And as Seth stated, after every ten thousand kids born or whatever the case may be, one comes out with this mutated skin or mutated hair or whatever the case may be. Um, and so when I was on my search uh, and I realized that it's impossible for Japhath, the son of Ham, to be a white person <laughs> because you had to have... Japhath, the son of Noah. Japhath, the son of Noah. I mean, yeah. Japhath, the son of my Noah. My mistake. That's what I meant. Um the Japheth, the son of Noah, as 
Seth had stated that people would say JFAS was white. Ham was hold black. On, hold on, hold on uh, a second, brother John. I hate I hate to interrupt you, but I gotta. You know, it's ten o'clock, and, and and what happened is, folks, don't go nowhere. I'm telling y'all. I, I promise you, I, I'm not dropping the bombs to later. I'm dropping some strong stuff later. I'm not just trying to wet your tongue. I really do have the strongest stuff later. Folks, if you're in the chat room, you've got to call the phone number, 914-205-5590. You're going to be disconnected, and you got like 30 seconds, 914-205-5590. Go ahead, Brother John. All right, well, that's... That pretty much, um, I believe, is all that needs to be stated there. And, and there's one last test, similar to your test, that I would run with person. And what it is is this. In the last days, we know that there's going to be a great deception. God is actually going to give Satan the power to give, to deceive the people more because they decided not to receive the truth. The question is, where could you say that you are deceived? If you ask yourself, where, am, where have I been deceived, but you don't have an answer, that just lets you know the depth of that deception. Because be assured, the stuff that Brother Seth and Sister Yaina are speaking on, that is critical to the end times. It's critical that you have a people in Israel who are actually not the Jews to be there so that they can usher in the Antichrist. And so... Um, I will leave the floor to uh, you, Brother Seth and Sister Yain. I appreciate well, everyone. Well, well, before you go, before you go, hold on. Before you go, I want to ask you, and I want you to give me the short version of what did it for you. Like what did it for me was Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, when Moses says these things are going to be upon you forever. And when I look at the curses, and I think of forever, Moses says it's going to be upon the people forever, forever, forever. Well, today is not the end of forever. So if you want to know who the real Jews are, you look for those blessings upon the nation or you look for those cursings upon the nation. So when I saw slave ships and I thought, wait a minute, Moses said this is going to be upon you forever? Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, that these blessings or curses are going to be upon Israel forever. And I thought, wait a minute, today it's not forever. I just looked at the curses and I saw slave ships that did it. I didn't need to talk to no priest. I didn't need to go to Israel. I didn't do nothing. I knew at that point we were the people of the book. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, folks. That's what this brother says. So, Brother John, before you run, and he mentioned the people over in Israel not being Jews. Folks, Revelation 2, and I'm throwing these scriptures out. Y'all, I, I ask y'all to have a pen and, and paper. Revelation 2 and 9. Behold, I know those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. That's Revelation 2 and 9. Again, behold, I know those who say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. So Brother John is just talking. He's, he's, he's saying scripture without giving chapter and verse. But all of this stuff we're saying can be documented. Just press one on the phone line and ask us where is that found at any time, and we'll look it up for you. Revelation 3 and 9, that was 2 and 9. Revelation 3 and 9 says, Behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet. Those who say there are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. One more time. Revelation 3 and 9. There's 2 and 9 and 3 and 9. Behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet. Who is he saying? Who is the thy? It's like he's going to make these people over here that say they're Jews come and worship at thy feet. And that's what's happening. I'm about to play some clips in a second here of some Jews saying who we are. 
Revelation 3 and 9, one more time. Behold, I will come and let them, they say, I will, I have to slow down here. Revelation 3 and 9. They say, behold, I, let me just read it because now I'm, 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 I'm fumbling here. Let, hold on one second. This brother just said this, and I just wanted to let y'all know he ain't whistling Dixie. Revelation 3 and 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. <laughs> That's your Bible. Go ahead, brother. Last words. Come on, let us know in, the, in your short version because I know you got to go, and I want to respect that. And so, see, I ain't waiting for God you. It's going to just be me and you here in a little bit. Some of the other guests look like they didn't show up for whatever reason. Maybe they may show up a little later. Well, they actually can't now. So, um, brother, go ahead and share with us what did it for you. What did you see in the scriptures that made you say, this is really real? It's not done yet for me, Seth. Um, I put it like this. The most people would probably be like, "What? Are you serious?" I'm not nine percent certain. Um, however, I have to approach things in a way where um, I can give it back to someone systematically, and it's scholarly, and it can be reviewed by people, and and they can see it. I don't like. Uh, the, the fly by the seat of my pants approach And I just throw my hands up and be like Praise God we Israel um, and So my point is, is That every day I continue to Scrub through the scriptures With a relatively certain assurance Of who The quote unquote African American Is I put that at 99% I put my relationship With Yeshua And the most high God at one hunt And uh, that's where All of my money is um, if for any reason the the uh, let's call it the Australians, oh, they're the real people of Israel. <laughs> you know, I, it's laughable, but at the same time, um, I don't put my stake in my flesh in the least bit or in the flesh because if if God could raise up stones to be Israel, um, then that's not exactly where I would like to put my stake in. I put it in my spirit, which is now reborn through the Messiah, the Messiah, the Messiah. That's where I put all of my money at 100%. So, yeah, that's the way I would leave that set. Well, so let me ask you this, because I don't want to be confused with what you just said. So you believe that African Americans, according to the scriptures, is Israel, correct? 99% certain. Amen. Well, 99 is better than 20 or 30 or 40. Brother, listen, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Continue to listen. Continue to share. Uh, Five Smooth Stones is not done. We're going to start back up some shows with Brother John. But thank you for coming on. And I know you're a businessman. you got to go back to your company. And so we'll talk later. Okay, brother? Hey, thanks for having me, bro. I'll holler back. All right, peace. All right, sister. Hold on a second here. Okay, folks. All right, that was Brother John. Again, an old Bible study, an old Bible, I think Sister uh, Yaina, I hope I'm looking at this right. She may have just fell off the line. Hopefully she called me on the three-way or something because I don't see her, and I know she wanted to articulate some things here. But listen, real close, uh, unless she's on a different number. But anyway, folks, that was Brother John. Again, 
we go way back. Uh, I want to play a clip real quick of somebody you just cannot. Y'all got to hear this. It's all there is to it. This is a, a young um, so-called European. I just want to share the wealth here, and I want y'all to hear what this, <laughs> what they're saying, folks. The father. This is the latter days, and the father is waking up us as a people. Brother Seth, the father woke me up. I could care less what color Christ was. And I told the father a long time ago, I asked him five questions, people. I asked the father five questions, family and friends. And they were, I'll tell you other questions later. But the five answers is what I call five smooth stones. That's where I get the name from. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you real quick. The, the questions were, Father, what's going on? This was in 1988. I had heard a lot about the Illuminati and all kind of stuff happening in our world, wars being planned years in advance. And I said, Father, what's with this Illuminati? What's with wars being planned years in advance? I feel like I don't really know what's going on. I can't trust ABC, CBS. And I asked this question, what is really going on? That was question, one of the questions I asked. Then at that time in 1988, if y'all remember, a lot of ministers were saying that God is getting ready to put the black man, put the word in the black man like never before. The first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. One more time, ministers were saying that God is getting ready to put the word in the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. I thought that was a little racist. Just so y'all know my history, I was raised up in a predominantly white church. I didn't feel comfortable with ministers, and this was some white minister saying God is getting ready to raise the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. It didn't set right with me. So I asked the father, what's with you using the black man? If a white man cry out to you and seek your face, you're not going to use him? That was another question I asked. Another question I asked was, Father, can I see the world? I don't trust what I'm hearing over the United States Airways. I don't trust these white ministers. They have been lying to us, and uh, – I'll tell you why I said why I asked, why I prayed these five questions. I was attending the Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention, and Kenneth Copeland said, "I got something to tell you, black people, and it's gonna make you just tear up this convention. You're gonna shout, but I can't tell you right now." And that didn't sit right with me that a minister would say, "I can't tell you right now." So I asked the father about it. Make the long story short, I asked the father. What's with you using the black man? Because he said that too. I forgot that. He said, God is going to use the black man like never before. The first is going to be last, and last is going to be first. He said that. But other ministers were saying it as well. So I asked the Lord, what is with you using the black man? This is how Five Smooth Stone came about. Folks, stay with me. We, we, I'm telling y'all, don't miss out. That's all I can tell you. So then I asked him, could I see the world? I said, I don't trust United States ministers. I don't trust white people to tell me who I am. Can I see the world? I want to travel and go learn other people's version of God, the Bible, who we were, et cetera, et cetera. That's another thing I asked the Father. Then I asked him, were there anybody in that Bible that looked like me? And I said these exact words, Father, I don't care what color Christ is. I don't care. But I want to know, were there anybody in that Bible that looked like me? This is just a, a kid talking to a father, you know? But up until that time, I thought it was blonde hair, blue eye, and it didn't matter. Folks, to black people, it really don't matter. We have these images all over our churches, 
all over our necks. We have white images of Christ. It really don't matter to us. So quit thinking that that's all people are trying to do. This is a bigger thing that our people need. We need to know who we are as a people. So I asked him that. So here, here it goes again. What's with you using the black man? Can I see the world? What's really going on? Is there blacks in the Bible? And I'm trying to think what was the last one. Oh, and can I understand the book of Revelation? So those five answers that he gave me is what I call five smoke stones. I found out that God is not using black men because they're black. God is using black men in the latter days because of this truth we're sharing with you tonight. White men, white pastors, white preachers, and some black folk even do not, will not talk about it. It makes white people feel too uncomfortable. That's why black churches are springing up all over the place. God is using more of black males, TBN, PTN, PTL, I mean, TBN and Daystar, all this stuff is getting darker and darker. Ministries, churches are getting larger and larger that are dark. It's not because the father is choosing because they're black. He is not into that. He's into those that are preach the truth, and that's why it's getting black. When I ask him what's going on, oh, please. I start to I start to travel and start hearing all kinds of things about Illuminati, one world government, and that's a whole other topic. These are the five stones I talk about all the time, what I call five new stones. Is there blacks in the Bible? That's what you're hearing tonight, this revelation. You know, is there any blacks in the Bible? He showed me who these people were in the Bible. That's what we're presenting tonight, just one of the five smooth stones. Okay, the book of Revelation, we're hitting it a little bit, but that's another presentation. So that's kind of where I got that from, five smooth stones. But let's, you got to hear this, brother, and uh, y'all is going to really appreciate what we're about to play. Don't go nowhere. Family, I know it's late, but if you just keep listening, trust me, you'll see where we're going with this. All right, but before I bring this, this clip on, this, this this is a guy in Romania. He's on the other side of the planet, folks, and he's saying the same thing we're saying. Every, I've got about four white clips here, and it's about four minutes each. These people are talking about the very things we're talking about in great articulation. But I want to just say this real quick, folks. For those of you that say, Brother Seth, I'm enjoying the show. It makes sense. I, I mean, I just have these questions all my life. You answered so many questions. I know you're saying that because the phone line is still full, still full. So I know this is touching some people's heart. Listen to my heart more so than my head because I may not always say things the proper way I'm trying, though. But, folks, this is why we're talking about this tonight because the Father looks like he's just picking on us unless we are truly Israel. If we're Israel, it makes sense why we get in this spanking. Another reason we talk about this is because there's the anger, a disrespect we have towards each other as a people. We cannot stand each other because subconsciously the psychologists say we're looking at each other. And we, we're tired of the excuses about the white man this, the white man that, and it just looks like we're lazy. It looks like we're just – there's a disrespect that our women – some of our women have towards our men, and some of our men have towards our women because we don't know what's going on with us, and there's a disrespect of us being in this this situation. There's a self-hatred, as black psychologists have coined it, that is created, not to mention other nations and whites that look on us and say, well, what's wrong with them? And they begin to 
hate. This is what produce one of the things that produce racism. When you see a people that can't come together by themselves, and when they help you, they make great servants. We make them rich. We make we make billionaires and millionaires out of them, but we can't hardly pull together and have a bank. It's nothing wrong with us, obviously, because we make them rich. But when they hear this, and you're going to hear here some awesome clips here in a little bit, they're going to tell you, do not leave the show without hearing these clips, folks. If you don't understand why African Americans doing what they're doing, you can't help but to kind of hate them. Or think maybe they were made for us, and maybe they're supposed. That's why you get all these weird white supremacist teachings. Another reason we talk about this is because white people need to know that they're not super powerful. That they didn't do this to us. The Most High did this to us through them. He said that we would be in the very situation we're in. I, I'm going to get into some scriptures tonight. Uh, I think we lost Sister Yaina. Uh, she may not have known that if your phone line dropped after 10, you can't call, call back. I don't think she knew that, so we may have lost her. But any of you that have questions or comments, again, press 1. I'm looking at the phone lines, and uh, we'll bring you right on. Uh, Senate, uh, Brother um, William, your hand is up. I think it's from earlier. You might want to press 1, and then it'll go down, and then you can always press 1 later, and it'll go back up. But, folks, I've got a clip you got to hear in a second, but I just, just got to share it. A few more things about why we're doing this. White people is not the devil. White people is not evil. They may choose evil, and because they're in power, meaning they have the money right now, they're the ones that are oppressing us. But back in the day, it was black folks, the Babylonians, the 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 uh, Persians. Israel has been in captivity to nothing but black nations. This last nation is Europeans, so-called white. But we went through some horrific times when the Persians and the Babylonians, all those people. So folks don't hate white people. They're being used by the Most High because of a covenant that the Father made with Abraham. He said, I will, if your people obey, I'll bless them. If they disobey, I'll curse them because he did so much for this nation. Again, Book of Amos, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 2, talks about, of all the nations of the earth, you're special to me. That's why you suffer, because I'm going to be hard on you if you disobey, because he gave strict commands that they were to pass down this information. So it's you tonight is giving information to pass down to your children. You don't have an excuse. I know we've presented some evidence tonight to make it very clear. All right, another reason we talk about this is the word, the Bible is very clear. Focus. If you look at the people in Israel to be the true Jews, there's some things about that Bible that just don't make sense. One of them is if Israel is in rebellion, they're going to witness nothing but curses, curses, curses. The Israelis is acting a fool over there in the Gaza Strip with those people, how they went into their land and just forced them through bloodshed. Not to mention the United Nations and Great Britain forcing Israel to be in, in 1948 in the first place. Some of y'all argue, well, wait a minute, Brother Seth. They became a nation in 1948. Oh, really? Do you know how they became a nation? If you knew that, you would never, ever call them Jews again. It was straight-up wickedness by the United States, Great Britain, and the uh, uh, United States to go in there and just do those policies like they did. So the Bible is very confusing, and that's why a lot of people just – a lot of these end-time prophets, prophets are making all kinds of mistakes because they figured Israel became a nation in 1948. The Bible is very confusing. Folks, did y'all know that the Holocaust is nowhere in the Bible? 
I cannot believe this phone line. Y'all are still listening great. Did y'all know that the Holocaust is nowhere in the Bible? Did you know nowhere in the Bible to talk about people being put in gas ovens? Now, it's horrible, and my heart goes out. Much love and respect for those people for having went through that. But I'm saying to you, in much love and respect for those people, it's not in the Bible. Verse Deuteronomy 28 is is the scripture we use, and Leviticus 26 have more prophecies of what Israel is to go through. That's your homework. Read Leviticus 26 and um, uh, uh, um, excuse me, yeah, Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. These are the most blessings and curses in in, in the Bible in one chapter. That's why everybody refers to that to those. But in verse 46, like I mentioned earlier, Moses said these things are going to be upon Israel forever. If you want to know who the true Jews are, you can't trust DNA. You got to listen to the scriptures. The scriptures is telling you what they're going to be going through. Now we refer to Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, but really the whole entire Old Testament and yes, much of the New tells you what Israel is going to go through. Everything we're going through as a nation, Israel, has went through it. Another reason this, we're doing this show tonight is because the nations of the world love Israel and will support Israel once they know who there is. That's why Israel gets so much love from a lot of nations. A lot of nations just turn their eye because they think that is God's chosen. Once they find out who God's chosen is, it won't be so crazy for a remnant to return. Folks, I go to Israel, and that's a black land. I'm telling you, we go on tours, and it'll blow your mind. The amount of black people in the land, my niece is in Israel right now. When I go to Israel, I go see 4,000 African, African Hebrew Israelites or black Israelites or the Jews, the real people that left the United States in 1967, and some of them come from Ethiopia. These people are bloodline Israel. I go see them. It's just where the cameras that in Jerusalem, that's where you have the white images. On my Facebook, I have a lot of these pictures validating everything I'm saying. Okay? There is not going to be any peace in the Middle East until the world, and it's happening, acknowledge the true Israelites. Watch this. You can't go nowhere. Check this out, folks. This will this will get you. Hi there. My name is Joseph. I'm from Romania, country from you. And I'm sorry for my English because it's very bad, but I hope understand me with this testimony because I'm a witness of Negro people awakening. Before Roman Empire conquered this country, Romania, the name of the country was Dacia. I believe my ancestors were Romans or Greeks or maybe Dacians, Indo-European people, part of or related to the Thracians. I don't know this for sure. Whatever. Important is about uh, real Israel. Metaphorically speaking, who is the body or the bride of the Most High, who Father is the creator of life, who creates sun, moon, stars, earth, beasts and men. Now I understand and I'm very sorry for what Greeks, Romans, Ottomans and all empires uh, and pagan people did to Negro brothers who suffer a hard bondage and atrocities. Uh, this is the Holocaust. Real Jews, Israelites or Hebrew Israelites have a black skin complexion and uh, hair like wool um, 
use of colored Afro-Americans uh, Afro or Africans or Blacks or Negro must wake up. You are the real Israel who suffered the slavery and scattered on the earth through slavery. Read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, you are from tribe of Judah by blood. In your body is the spirit of Most High. You are the living temple. You are your nation salvation is in your unity and uh, the earth salvation is in your unity. We are pagan people and modern empires must pay for corruption of flesh, earth and life. You Israel chosen by Most High are the only hope for entire earth. You are the living temple. You are the real church. Your hope is not in corrupt religion with churches with stone and wood or Ashkenazi, Khazar, Jews, uh, Jewish uh, uh, and um, Jesuit popes uh, or uh, corporation or bankers mafia who want you live now in mental bondage because uh, you are um, they know you are a living temple of Most High and uh, these elites spray you with toxics, uh, toxics from planes uh, and uh, give you pork meat and genetic modified food and uh, his calendar and uh, fluoride water and drugs and prostitution and divertisement and uh, vaccines and uh, his system uh, plastic money, tobacco, spiritual wickedness with red white Jesus uh, electronics, RFID microchips, uh, etc. Christ, Christ uh, was black, uh, must be black, and is black. Uh, King James Bible with Apocrypha is your testament, and uh, it's your book, and uh, it's your proof for entire earth. Uh, read it. Wake up, save you, and save the earth. Here's another one. Check this out. What I'm about to tell you is that the Israelites, the so-called Jews that are living in Israel today, are not the real Israelites. The real Israelites are the black and brown people of the world. What happened was when the black people that were the true Israelites and the brown people that were the true Hebrew Israelites fell from God's word as it is written were cursed. So what happened was Rome came and sacked that land and they all fled. They went out all around the place, all around up north, south, east, west, but mostly, mostly down into Africa. They lived there for a little while in the wilderness until they were taken by slave ships to the Americas. The people that are in Israel today are converts. They come from Khazaria, which is southern Russia. They were visited by Hebrew Israelites at one time and learned from them. That's how they know all the customs. They can speak Hebrew and all that. They learned that. But they converted to Judaism. They are not the true Hebrew Israelites. In 740 AD, their king, Bulan, switched the entire country's religion to Judaism. And somehow, over a few generations, they convinced themselves that they really were. 
Now, all the true Hebrew Israelites were spread across the four corners of the earth. We know that. And we also know that that land is surrounded by nothing but dark and brown people. So how could the ones there now actually be the true Hebrew Israelites? Also, we know about the Balfour Contract. In World War II, the Jews told, the Jews in Israel now, the so-called Jews, told England and France that if they gave them, through the UN, which was created for that purpose, if they gave them the Palestinian lands, they would get the United States in the war to save them. You can look up the Balfour Contract and you can see it for yourself. The true Hebrew Israelites are the only ones that are actually fulfilling Jacob's trouble. They are cursed and they are being basically beaten by God until they come back to his word. They are the only people in the world that actually fit this prophecy. The Israel, the people in Israel today, the so-called Jews, are on top of the world. We know they all control everything. They care about nothing but money and they have all the riches. So how could they be the ones that are being cursed? Now another excuse they try to use is, well, we were in slavery during the Egyptian days. Well, then why do the Egyptian hieroglyphs, which show the pyramids being built by black people, how does that confirm it? You tell me. Folks, folks, y'all haven't heard nothing yet. We just like in gear two. I'll kick you out. You'll see. Check this out. This is even stronger than what he was just saying. Check this out. And uh, I, I want to thank y'all. i just going so fast here. I want to thank those of y'all still on the phone line, still holding on, still holding on, still listening, still trying to learn. I want to thank y'all. Check this out, though. I will not disappoint. We have not heard the best yet. Remember, I didn't even cover when Israel talk about how they look. It's in the scriptures. Check it out. Must be, must be stabilized. Now, this is the first missing pieces of the puzzle. Not a missing pieces is why, why the comma things happen in Israel and America. Why America needs Israel. Why America needs Israel so much. And uh, why is, um, is stabilizing the same system of white supremacy in Israel. Now, let me just reveal some things. First of all, is that um, uh, the Jews who were brought in Israel, most of them are white. Not most of them, almost all of them are white including me. I was brought in Israel from a country which is called Bulgaria. It's a European country. And I can tell you that in every European country there are Jews and there is so-called organization Jewish Agency which is trying to take those Jews to Israel. Uh, if you track, if you track the, 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 this organization, you can find out that this is not an Israeli organization. This is an American organization. Jewish Agency is an American organization which has the exclusive right to decide who is Jewish and who is not on this planet and who to be taken to Israel and who is not. Now, if you, if, you, if you do research, you will find out that in Africa, in black Africa, they're looking for Jews only in Ethiopia. They bring Jews only from Ethiopia. And I can tell you by knowing a lot of people, Ethiopian Jews here in Israel, that they're treated very badly, very badly. And many of them commit suicide because they cannot take it. They come from some place, Ethiopia, they don't have much there, but they live decent life. And they, when they come here and try to be humiliated and, and, and so on, they, some of them don't, cannot even take it. 
Now, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that um, why 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 from each white country this Jewish agency is trying to to uh, bring Jews, and when it's about black Africa, they go into Ethiopia and this is where they stop, the only one place. Now, um, because of the same thing, they're trying to do the white supremacy here. They try to 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 bring white guys here and to take the supremacy over Arabs, which are the local citizens, and over blacks, which are so far, they only the Ethiopian Jews. Now, um, what I'm trying also to say is that that um, another question is why 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 America needs Israel? There's no in Israel. There's no there is no oil like in other Middle Eastern countries. There's no nothing they can be attracted to. But why do they do all these things? Why do they invest money, bring white people, and so on? When they build their system of white supremacy, just like in America, they build in Israel. Why? And I can tell you why. Because the true Jews, according to the Bible, you can check it in the Bible, you can read Job 30, 30, and some other places. They have never been white. They have been people of color. And they have not stopped in Ethiopia. They were in, West, in Ethiopia, Sudan, and they have settled in West Africa. From West Africa, they have been taken as a slave to America. Brothers and sisters, blacks of America, it's you. You are the true Hebrews. You are the true Hebrews from the Bible. America going to do everything, going to invest as much money as it has, going to fight as much wars as they, as they can, going to invite as much weapons as they can, just to hide this away from you gonna take Israel, gonna bring white people here and to tell you these are the Jews, gonna do gonna kill you, gonna kill Arabs, gonna mistreat white people like this guy, just to tell you this lie. That that you are nobody and we are the Jews with all the history and so on. It has been deleted your history. You don't know who you are. Don't forget about it. This is why America has been taking your history away. Never to find out that it's all about you. I'm telling you this, please, I don't, know, I don't ask you to come to Israel and to start a revolution. I'm just try, asking you to start thinking this way, to believe me a little bit. Because I'm living in Israel and I'm part of this uh, injustice. I really believe that people like me and you, we can, we can bring the justice back. Thank you. Now, folks, that's from a Jew. I promise you, we're in third gear now. <laughs> it's hard effects I like to talk about the more hard effects To prove at the beginning of the show And, and the easier ones I mean, excuse me Just trust me It gets much clearer as we go Check this one out And then we're going to go And I'm going to um, get into some other things That you just came to Watch this Shalom, you two I, uh felt compelled to make this video for lack of a better term and I'm going to entitle it I'm sick of white people and yes I'm white and the reason I'm sick of white people is because no matter how much facts no matter how much scripture you all are presented with regarding who the Hebrews in the Bible were and who they are in the earth today which would be the so-called Negroes, Hispanics, the Native Americans, the Aborigines, uh, no matter what you're presented with you still want to dispute this and maintain your superior, pompous, arrogant attitude. And um, 
It makes me sick. I come across these so-called biblically-based websites, and listed for the 12 tribes of Israel are all European countries. What is wrong with you people? You should be ashamed of yourselves. After everything these people have been through at the hand of the white man, slaughtered, ran off their land, sold into bondage, had their heritage stolen from them, would it kill you? Would it kill you to acknowledge the fact that these could be God's chosen elect? Well, evidently so. And unfortunately, in the words of King Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. As a matter of fact, I'd like to read what King David had to say regarding this. And this is from Psalm 83. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They have a confederate against thee, the tabernacles of Edom, that's you white people, Edom, and the Ishmaelites of Moab, the Hagarians, Gebal and Ammon, and Amalek, the Philistines, and with the inhabitants of Tyr. Ashur also is joined with them. They have hoped the children of Lot, Zalah. So, um, yeah. You know, despite the fact that there's an African tribe with a piece of the Ark of the Covenant, and despite the fact that it's been proven that Native American tribes wrote in ancient Hebrew, a very, very ancient form of Hebrew, you still, you still want to think that you're Israelites. And I hate to break it to you white people, but you are not. You are Edom. You are Edomites, the descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. And um, I guess this is where that term comes from, the white man is the devil. Well, in this case, the truth, it hurts oh so bad. Now, I disagree with white man as a devil, but, folks, this is only like five clips I done played. There's hundreds, if not thousands. I just can only listen to hundreds, maybe. You know, I can't listen to thousands, but it's, it's been out there. Tonight, this Bible study, and y'all have heard, I know, over 70 scriptures. This Bible study is going back to the ancient way, the old way. We've just been lied to. Now, what I'm about to do, this, believe it or not, I'm just going to read a bunch of scriptures. And you can either write it down or you can listen to this show at your pace because this is recorded. But, folks, listen to this. You're going to think I'm making it up. If I have the scripture, I'm going to give you the scripture. Now I'm just going to quote you the scripture, and I'm going to quote it verbatim so you can go look up some of this. So I don't have the scripture for every single one of these because I kind of was jotting down some of this earlier, and I don't have the scripture for everything. But I'm going to try to only give you the ones of the scripture because I don't want you all to think I'm making a number. But you haven't heard enough. You haven't heard enough. Well, folks, remember the biggest scripture to me, the thing that did it for me is Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, where Moses says, these things are going to be upon you forever. And he started naming He names some blessings. And then some curses, and he takes a pause and say, all of this is going to be up on you forever. So if you want to know who are the true Jews of, Jews of the Bible, you look at these particular curses, and you see what, and you have to look at the nation. Remember, one of the scriptures, hopefully I'll get around to it tonight, he says it's going to be up on you forever, excuse, excuse me, will be up on you for 400 years. So you have to look at a nation for 400 years at a time. Look at this nation for 400 years. Look at Washington for 400 years. Look at 
Germany for 400 years. Look at the so-called Jews for 400 years. You got to look at 400 years, any people and every people. If you do that, when the scripture talks about in Deuteronomy 28, your ox shall be violently taken away, and there will be no might in your hand. Your ox shall be violently taken away. Well, if you look at us at 400 years, we did have oxes. What happened to those oxes we had working our fields? Those were our businesses. They were violently taken away. They were violently taken away. Ox, asses, donkeys were taken away. We don't have oxes and asses today. When I first used to read Deuteronomy 20, I used to say, man, but we don't have oxes and asses. But when I got to where I saw where it's supposed to be up on a particular people for 400 years, it's not just us. In Deuteronomy 29, it talks about how Moses didn't just make that covenant, those promises, just to those people there. Those people standing in front of Moses when he was on the mountain telling them all these things that's going to happen to them in the generations to come, they died. They couldn't have seen slave ships and all that. So it wasn't just for them. It was for their children, their children's children. And they were supposed to teach their children this. And if they did, we would be enjoying the blessings, not and we would be in Israel. We would not be in America. We're in America and scattered out the four corners. And again, I don't believe just African Americans are the only Jews. Those 12 tribes have been scattered out the four corners. The Bible says they're in every nation. And there's only 70 nations according to Genesis 10. So the 200 nations we got, the Father ain't going to acknowledge a nation just because you take up tanks and, and guns and go make a nation. There's only seven nations. And those Israelites have been scattered to those 70 nations. And by the way, I do believe some of those black people in Israel was taken north as slaves. And even though they were melanated, Melanin people, dark-skinned people, when they mix over and over and over and over with Europeans, what happened? Some of them did come out white. So I do believe a very small portion of the true Jews are white because they got to come out of every nation. And that region of the world is a group of people. But the vast majority of Israel, the Jews, the, the, the Hebrews, are dark-skinned people. Listen to these scriptures, folks. I'm not lying to y'all. Get your Bibles out. Get your pencils out. You're not going to believe what I'm about to read. Before I go to Deuteronomy, oh, uh, before I go to uh, Deuteronomy 28, let me read Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah said earlier, the father said he was going to take take the the the, 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 the whites, or he said he was going to pour out basically all of Europe on Israel. Jeremiah 1, check this out, in 14. Then the Lord said unto me, Out of the north, an evil shall break forth upon the inhabitants of the land. Did y'all know that the, that the scripture, excuse me, did y'all know that the word north, the, over 20 times in the Bible, the Father talks about a whirlwind coming out of the north, a people coming out of the north. It constantly talks about oppression coming out of the north, from a north people in the north. Did y'all know that? Who came from the north to oppress Israel? Europeans. But listen, this is really clear. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand Jeremiah 1 and 14. Then the Lord said unto me, out of the north and evil shall break forth upon all of the inhabitants of the land, out of the north. For lo, I will call, listen to this next word, all for lo, I will call all 
We're talking about the oppressors of Israel. If we can identify who the oppressors are, then we can identify who Israel is. If the oppressors come from the north, what group of people from the north is oppressing and who are they oppressing? Listen to this. For I will call all the nations, the families of the kingdom of the north, said the Lord, and they shall come and they shall set every one his throne at the entering of the gate at Jerusalem and against all the walls thereof round about and against all of the cities of Judah. So God emptied, emptied. He said he will call all of the nations north of Israel. North of Israel is Europe, folks. He said he would call all of those people, all of them. It's right in your Bible. And I will utter my judgments against them, speaking of Israel, against Israel. And I will utter my judgment against Israel, them touching all their wickedness who have forgot, forsaken me and have burnt incense unto other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. He goes on to talk about how he's going to send these people. Oh, yes, he does. He's going to send these people against his people from the north. Oh, my goodness. So what am I saying? Brother Seth, again, the show is about why are we on the bottom. And I am about to name, and I'm going to go fast because time is ticking here. But I want to get these scriptures to you. Y'all have heard enough to go pray about this. Before I go quoting these scriptures, and I'm going to go fast, but I'm not twisting nothing. This is going to be very clear. We're going to talk about sons in prison. We're going to talk about in, in Isaiah 51 and 20. Isaiah 51 and 20, you should write this one down. It talks about your young men. It says your young men have fainted in their minds. It says your young men have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. They lie at the head of all the streets as wild bulls in nets. Let's dissect. The prophet is speaking, Isaiah, of the state of the men of Israel. He said that Israel, your young men have fainted. They lie, L-I-E, at the head of all the streets. What's the head of a street? Everybody I've ever asked, nobody's gotten this wrong. I'm not going to even say it over the air. What is the head of the street? Nobody got it wrong. What you're thinking, that's it. The Bible says in Isaiah 51 and 20, speaking millions of young men, because this was a big nation when Isaiah was around to give this prophecy. Your young men have fainted. They lie Lie don't mean, watch this, they lie at the head of all the streets as wild, W-I-L-D, wild bulls, B-U-L-L, wild bulls in a net. So if they faint it, how are they going to be wild and how are they going to be bull? A bull is one of the strongest animals. Your young men are fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. As wild bulls in a net. And it goes on to talk about how they're full of anger. Yes, it does. And it calls the fury of God. You know how when God get angry? It's calling their anger. It's like the fury of God. And it goes on to say that God is rebuking Israel through these young men. 
Go read it for yourself. One more time, Isaiah 51 and 20. Your young men have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets. I said I want to say it, but I'm going to say it because I know some of y'all is thinking, and you're probably going to second-guess yourself if I don't say it. The head of the street is the corners, folks. Thy son, now I'm reading it verbatim, Isaiah 51, 20. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the street. If they lie at the head of the street, they're not going nowhere. When you're lying down, you ain't going nowhere. Standing, lying, lounging around, it's the same word, folks. This is how I really should read in today's vernacular. Thy sons have fainted in their minds. They're just laying and hanging out at the corner, the head of all the streets, and they're wild and they're, and they're, and they're strong, but they're in a net. What's the net? I never have to tell nobody what this is. It's the system. And it goes on to say they are full of the fury of the Lord, or fear. That means real fury, anger. You know these young boys are angry. The rebuke, though, this is the father. He is allowing these young men to be like this because he's rebuking the nation. Why? They turn their backs on the father. This is one of the curses of Israel. Does that sound like anything going on in Israel? Do, do you ever know Israelis to stand around the corner as wild bulls and nets? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here come the scriptures, folks. All right, Deuteronomy 28 and 4, this is the best scripture I can give you. Verse, uh, I'm going to jump around. Uh, again, you want to read the chapter Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. I'm going to go fast, folks, because time is ticking. The Father said, I'm going to make you a byword. You have been made a byword, a proverb, a shaking of the head, a shaking of the head among the nations, Psalms 44 and 1. Thou have made us a byword, a proverb, a shaking of the head among the nations. Nations are going to look at you and shake their head. That's in your Bible. He said, I will scatter you, Ezekiel 22, 15. Uh, it says in Isaiah 30 and 12, Wherefore thus said the Holy One of Israel, because you despise my word and trust in oppression. Oh, my goodness. Lord, it talks about us trusting things that oppress us in Isaiah 30 and 12. And I do see some hands raised, and we're coming to it. Please forgive me. I'm just trying to cover the main stuff, and I would love to know what you're going to say, and I'll come to you in a second. But i got to cover some scriptures. Just give me about three minutes here. Check this out. Again, Leviticus 26 is another chapter. In Leviticus 26, it says that Israel is going to have it seven times harder than any other nation. I'm going to say it again. Israel is supposed to have it seven times harder than any other nation. How bad do we have it as African Americans? It's about right. One scripture, I hope I find it, it says Israel is going to be oppressed to seven men, seven women to one man. I know y'all don't believe me. Stay with me. I think that's Isaiah. Just bear with me. We'll come across it. I don't want to jump ahead of Okay. Now it talks about the people that oppress you. Say out of the out of the north shall evil, out of the north and evil shall break upon them. I already read that. It's uh, uh, Isaiah. Uh, I mean Jeremiah one. Uh, there are scriptures that talk about he was hissed to the nations of the north. In other words, the father is going to hiss to the nations of the north. What do I mean by that? You know how people say, "Hey, come here, hey, 
The Bible says, folks, that the Father is going to hiss to the nations in the north. Are you kidding me? Yes. That's what it says. Excuse me. Did you know that the Father called these people from the north? That's what the Bible says. And I'm about to get that scripture for you. Okay, so if you have your scriptures, have your uh, pencil handy and pen, like I asked you, that would be uh, Isaiah 5 and 26. Uh, Isaiah 5 and 26. Zechariah 10 and 8. I will hiss for them. Uh, so he's going to be hissing towards the nations of the north to come and afflict his people because of their rebellion. Oh, the Father wouldn't do that. Yes, he will. If they're in rebellion, of course he would do that. The Bible is full of many times where the Father will call one nation to oppress another nation. But you haven't heard anything. Listen to this, Joel 2. Joel 2 is talking about how the Father is going to call this nation, and there has never been a nation like them, never been a nation like them before them, and there will never be a nation like them after them for many generations. talks about this nation that before them is going to be like the uh, Garden of Eden, but when they leave, it's going to be like a desert. Can you believe that? The Father talks about a nation that is going to not just take over Israel and, re and rebuke Israel, but that's going to do this to the whole planet. Let me find this real quick for y'all. Again, the Father in Joel 2 talks about how a nation is going to come and they're going to tear up the world, basically. And that's why the world is in the hand of the European. The Father has called him because of the rebellion of really all people, but for sure Israel. Joel 2, read it. It says, before them is like the Garden of Eden, after them, it's like a desert. It says nobody's going to escape them. It says that they're going to gather captivity as the sand. Joel 2. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Habakkuk talks about, the book of Habakkuk talks about how they're going to use images to teach. Fake, that's the, that's the white images. Here come the images. Read Habakkuk. I call it the black man's book because Habakkuk is sounding just like a black man, the kind of things he's He's complaining. He says, Father, what are you doing? Do you uh, get joy out of seeing your people go through all this pain? What are you doing? And I mean, Habakkuk uh, just, just sounds like a black man. And the father talks to him and, and lets him know, I'm with you. But he, you got to read Habakkuk. But one of the things he says is Habakkuk complains about how they're using these images to teach. And that's what the oppressors are doing. They're using these images, these white images, to say that we were first. Israelists, they don't have to say white and black. All they got to do is put a white Jesus in every Bible, in every cathedral, and it's teaching. <laughs> Let me just give you all a hint. Deuteronomy 28 talks about black men leaving their children. I'm not kidding you. I told you all the best is yet to come. Israel... Leaving their children. Deuteronomy 28 talks about Israel leaving their children. Watch this. I don't want to read the whole chapter. That's what y'all going to do. That's your homework if I, if I have the authority to even say such. But listen, folks. Listen to this. <laughs> it says you're going to be oppressed, basically, verse 54, so that the man that is 
2854, so that the man that is tender among you and very diligent, his eye shall be evil towards his brother and towards his wife of his bosom and towards the remnant of his children, which he shall lead. This is millions of men that Moses is talking to them on the mountain and saying, you're going to go, when you go through hell or when you go through these, uh, if you're disobedient, this is what's going to happen. Your men is going to lead their children. He's talking to, there's some people estimate of over a million people. And he's saying, Israel, this is what's going to happen. They're supposed to pass that down to their children, and then their children supposed to tell their next children, and so on and so on. That this is what's going to happen if we disobey. Our men is going to leave their children. I mean, it goes on to say, it talks about the women not being good mothers right after that. It talks about how the Father's going to scatter them in all nations in verse 